This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. This episode of Headlock Talk is brought to you by... Austin-based company Naturally Hemp's and their new line of CBD gummies. These gummies are made with 100% baked-in, pharmaceutical-grade, non-isolate-based CBD. What we're talking about here is the entourage effect. The entourage effect refers to the stronger effect you get when combining multiple cannabinoids together, as opposed to just CBD. Full-spectrum CBD, or CBD distillate, tends to be more potent and last longer, which is what we're talking about here. Unlike some other brands that use a spray-on CBD, Naturally Hemp CBD distillate is baked in, so you know you're getting the full dose with each gummy. I personally use them for all kinds of things, like sleep aid or muscle pain. And did I mention they taste great? They got five flavors. Uh, strawberry, green apple, lemon lime, watermelon, and get this, the orange flavor has vitamin C in it. Ooh. So... If this sounds like something you could go for, head over to your nearest Creative Sig vape shop and pick yours up today to see for yourself the difference Naturally Hemp's gummies can make in your life. Fifty episodes of Headlock Talk are in the books, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode fifty, where me, the Texas gentleman Tanner Pruitt, is joined by Mags from Badlands Podcast and Josh. And Kevin from Wrestling Reverb, we're going to break down Royal Rumble weekend. And welcome back to another episode of Headlock Talk. Oh, snap. Oh, snap, indeed. I'm, of course, the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt. And unfortunately, Steven is not across from me this week. So sad. He, he is indeed down with the flu. But have no fear, ladies and gentlemen, because we have some great guests here with me today to discuss the Royal Rumble. Yes, we are hot off the Royal Rumble uh, viewing here today. Uh, of course, uh, introducing first, Mags from Badlands Podcast. How are you doing, Mags? Hello. I'm doing very, very well. Uh, it's half past four here in, in England, and I am just so hyped <laughs> after that Royal Rumble that, yeah, there was no way I was going to miss out on this opportunity to speak with uh, three of my most favorite people on wrestling Twitter. <laughs> well, it, it hopefully we'll be done before the sun comes up, Mags. I, I think we'll... <laughs> I think we'll be okay. 
I'm used to it riding through one um, of these uh, WWE pay-per-view days. Uh, my body clock's already prepared to, to run the gauntlet. <clears throat> Next up, we have a wrestling blogger and uh, you know a podcasting extraordinaire, Kevin from Wrestling Reverb. How are you doing, Kevin? I'm doing great, Tanner. Thank you so much for having me on the show with this wonderful panel. I love these guys to death. I'm a little delirious from the show, so <laughs> this should be fun. <laughs> we we love you, and and I'm I'm very much in the same realm of, of delirium as you at this point, Kev. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, Kevin, your partner in crime, r- right uh right down a little bit of a ways away down the road in Australia, Josh Robinson, also from Wrestling Reverb. How you doing, Josh? Wonderful. I apologize if my voice is a little shot because I've been screaming, <laughs> top of my lungs, but. I'll do my best. I can still talk, let's be honest. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad that we can all still talk because what a night this has been. Uh, just a crazy Royal Rumble. Um, I guess I'll be honest. I, I actually had rather low expectations coming into this Royal Rumble, and I'm not sure why, but they definitely de- definitely bested my expectations as far as both the men's and women's Royal Rumbles. Uh, but also for the entire weekend, guys. Uh, so I guess let's go in the round here. I guess what were you guys' thoughts? First come, first serve, I guess, as far as like not only the Royal Rumble tonight, but also Worlds Collide last night was also just brilliant, I thought. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I, I made a comment in the group chat about how with so many uh, guys already declared for this this year's Royal Rumble, were we going to get the surprises that, that make a Rumble that kind of special event, and luckily uh, WWE really uh, pulled it off for me. I felt that this was a, a really well well planned and just balanced event. And yesterday's take, uh, yesterday's World's Collide was just out of this world. It was just a, an amazing, amazing event. Um, I I really liked the fact that. They took the rub that NXT got at Survivor Series and then applied that rub to NXT UK, and it's it's like really filtered down the the system. I've really I really enjoyed that that kind of facet of uh, of how that show went yesterday. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I thought that NXT UK had a very very good showing uh, last night, uh, particularly. I mean, Mustache Mountain. I mean, they came across as so sympathetic, and uh, and I loved every moment of that. And then and then Imperium. I mean, what what can you say <laughs> about that main event match? I mean, it was just off the charts. I thought. Yes, and especially to call it on the fly with uh, Alexander Wolf uh, being lost pretty early. It just goes to show that um, Volta and Adam Cole are ring generals. They they really do know how to work the match. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Josh, Kev, w- w- what do you guys think? Of, what did you all think about the, uh, uh, the, I guess, the weekend overall? You want to take it first, Kev? Go yeah, ahead. I'll go first. It was a great weekend. I was fortunate enough to get caught up today on both, uh, obviously, the Rumble, and then well, I went back and watched Worlds Glide as well. And it's just, you know, they had this weekend, and this is what I love about like the big four weekends where you have all these different shows, is it has something for everybody. You have, you know, your WWE style stuff, but then you also get the great match quality from NXT, NXT UK. And you know, cross brand stuff is always great to see. So this is one of my favorite weekends of the year, and with good reason. I think they delivered tonight. I absolutely agree. I, I, I have nothing in, in disagreeance to say about that. 
<laughs> it was just a spectacular weekend of wrestling. Uh, and, and, and Josh? Um, yeah, I just kind of echoing what you were all saying. Just it's just been a really good weekend. I didn't get to catch up to Words Collide. I didn't get to watch it live. I watched it a little bit later. Um, and just watching that, and then watching Rumble today, it's just like this is just a great weekend of wrestling. So I don't have a better answer than anybody else. It's just I just kind of am in agreement. It's just really good wrestling this week. And not only that, with Worlds Collide, the like you said. Um, getting that kind of rub to NXT UK, which I feel like is a kind of, it's everyone's sleeping on NXT UK when it has some of the best wrestlers in the world and it has some of the best cons- like consistent across the board. It's just very, very good. And I think that spotlight that Worlds Collide, the brand is going to give NXT UK as well as still NXT is, um, I kind of like this formula of like, they're separate, but they're together. It's the, mm. the NXT banner. And I just feel like that was the kind of, why not be like, Worlds Clyde not, might not be like, oh, now they're just together. I feel like it's the start of something. Yeah, especially with that uh, NXT Cruiserweight title being uh, fluid over the brands now. It's, uh, we're going to get a lot more of those cross-promotion matches, and I'm all, all about that. I'm really, really glad for that. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and, and we'll we'll break it down. I, I guess we, we can start. I mean, what, what do you guys say? Do you want to you start with the, the Worlds Collide first, or do you all want to go with the Rumble first? Probably Worlds Collide, wouldn't it? Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, fair enough. Then let, let's, let's go that way. Um, f- before we break down into that, um, I just want to take a brief moment here. Today was a... Uh, kind of one of those crazy days in the world of sports, um, obviously with the Royal Rumble, but uh, the tragic news earlier uh, regarding uh, the death of Kobe Bryant, uh, helicopter crash, uh, passed away at 41, him and his daughter, they were on their way to a, a basketball game. And I know uh, for me, growing up as a basketball fan, and in particular San Antonio Spurs fan, I had a, a quite the opportunity to uh, see him in some of his most competitive matches. And I know, Kevin, I mean, you're a big basketball fan as well. Um, so um, if anybody you know has any words to say about Kobe Bryant, I mean, the floor is yours. This threw me. This really threw me today. Uh, I, I've been like a, like a fog almost all day. It's been it, – it, I'm glad – I'm happy we had the Rumble today because it sort of took it, – it shined a light on something good and a really dreary day. Uh, Kobe, you know, he's, I, I think I'm one of like a million kids that could say this, but like Kobe's one of the reasons that I even like, like basketball. You know, he's one of the first stars you you get to know when you're our age, mm-hmm. you know, when you're my age. And it just, I, you never, you never, you don't game plan for that. A moment like this, you, you never think this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So when you, know, when you see it, you don't really know how to react. And it, I've been sort of, I've been trying to process it in my mind. You know, it's just, oh, it's just a lot. No, yeah, for sure. It, it's it's a very heavy moment, you know. Especially, I think of of, of people of, of our generation, for sure, who grew up as sports fans, and just you know, it, it's a it's a big shock to the system. You you see the headline, you're like, oh, it's it's you know, this can't be real. This is clickbait, whatever. Um, and then as the news, that's what I, that's what in, happened to me this morning when I woke up. I woke up to this news. Um, it was literally like five minutes that maybe after being posted on like TMZ, I believe was the first one that came out and said something. I'm not really sure, but um, I seen it and I'm not a sports fan. I guess you would say I'm not a fan of, I'm just not into sports, but Kobe's someone that everybody knows. And everyone's like, at least, you know, he's the guy that's really, really good at basketball. And mm. he kind of transcended, transcended sport 
Um, and you know, he's that mainstream star and everyone kind of knows who he is. And even as someone who's not a fan of basketball is still like, damn, that's so sad. And not only that to lose other people on the plane, including his daughter, it's like, Oh, helicopter, I should say, Mm. including his daughter is just, I mean, it just kind of proves to life is really short. You should really live in the kind of moment and Mm. all the kind of crap you got going on in your life is kind of irrelevant the little mm-hmm. the little petty stuff that you got going in life because it's like someone who's you know done so much for his sport um is one of the greatest of all time in his in his sport it's just like that it's just gone and you never really truly know when your time is up it's it's what we all i guess in a in a weird way it's like that's everyone's end goal is to that's every death is inevitable it's going to happen but you truly mm-hmm. never know when your time is up um i think that's what everyone it will what I've taken away from it the most is it's that it's a tragedy and it's just like live in the moment. Yeah. yeah I can, I can only echo uh, Josh's sentiments there. Uh, Basketball is not really a, a big sport in, in uh, Britain, but you would have to live under a rock to not know who, who Kobe Bryant was. He's he like Josh had a transcended sport. He was a mainstream star and it's just a, uh, an unnecessary waste of life for, for something as tragic as this to happen. And I can only say my, my thoughts and prayers are, are with everyone who's affected by this. Uh, yeah, it's just a sad, sad time. And it's one of those kind of uh, deaths that just seems unreal because he still was in the prime of his life. And yeah, it's just a, a sad, sad time. Yeah. And uh, I guess what, um, what kind of blew me away was like after after the news started really coming in and ESPN was then confirming everything, you know, I was sitting here thinking kind of here in the in the, in the office space, uh, watching watching it come in on ESPN, and I was like, uh, like the I think his retirement game I think was shortly after my wife and I got married and we were in our, our first apartment and I remember staying up and I, like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a, a Lakers fan. You know, I mean, I, I, I've, I've only come to know Kobe Bryant really competitively, um, you know, through, through watching him play against, you know, other teams. But, um, I watched his retirement game and, and I was like, man, that's just, that's just crazy. I remember staying up, especially just to watch that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to take a brief moment and uh, kind of touch base on that there because it, it is it is something that rocks I think the sports world a, as a whole and not just not just the basketball world um, as you all three of you said he transcended sports. Um, but um, with that said, onwards to a, a bit of a lighter note. Uh, Worlds collide from Saturday. Uh, quite the show, quite the show. Um, uh, there was a. Uh, a pre-show match uh, featuring uh, Mia Yim uh, and uh, I believe it was Kaylee Ray, perhaps. Um, yeah, um, I did not get a chance to catch this match, but did did you guys get a chance to see it? I, I, I just uh, I unfortunately didn't. Yep, yeah, I, I I saw it. Oh. Uh, Kaylee Ray picked up uh, a very very good victory against uh, Mia Yim. I think Mia Yim's been one of the the surprises of the weekend, really, uh, with uh, obviously having an appearance in the Rumble as well. Um, it was one of those matches that really set the the tone for NXT UK getting the rub from from the NXT brand. So yeah, it was a, it was it was nothing special of a match. Uh, 
Kaylee Ray doing the typical heel things. Uh, I, I like one point where she used the um, the eat defeat move that uh, Mia Yim uses against mm-hmm. Mia Yim. Yeah, uh, a, a very good opening match. Good. Well, that, that's good to hear. I'll have to go back and check on that one because I ha- haven't had a chance to see it. Uh, Kevin, did you have a chance to, to take a look at it? I did. I, you know, I agree. I, you know, I couldn't really put it much better than what Mag said, but I just want to touch on just Kaylee Ray. Uh, it's ever since war games. That was like my first, six, I know obviously she won the title from Tony storm at takeover Cardiff, mm-hmm. but I had really, I had really had, didn't hadn't, hadn't had that exposure to her and seeing her at war games, do some of the stuff that she did really opened my eyes and I've been catching more and more of her stuff. I think she's such an unsung gem in this division. I think she's so obviously she's champion, but still, you know, she's not top, maybe not talked about in the same breath as the Tony storms or the Rhea Ripley's. Mm-hmm. I think that she's so good. And I think that this is a really good win because like Mia Yim is someone that they are, they're behind. They like the, you know, they're the, the, the machine is behind her. I think. And it's just a big win for Kaylee Ray and a big win for NXT UK to sort of set the tone, like Max said, to open up the show. Oh, 100%. Um, and I think that was needed is, is a little bit of balance between NXT and NXT UK. You didn't want one to, like, overshadow the other. And, and that was what I was hoping for last week, you know, uh, on last week's episode is, like, Man, they 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 make it really enticing to 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 almost cheer for NXT, but NXT UK came out and just they they were they were just as much on fire, and, and that that was really great to see. Um, uh, this is I, I guess I I went back and and I had just come back from a wedding party, um, you know, yet last night. Um, by the time I got to actually jump into Worlds Collide. And so the first match that I saw, thankfully enough, was the opening match here. Uh, Ilya Dragunov versus Finn Balor. Uh, Ilya Dragunov is, um, if you guys know him from Progress or from um, or from any of his uh, matches that he's had in Germany, plenty of matches there, um, uh, he, he put on um, quite a convincing performance, I thought, against Finn Balor. But maybe that's just me. What did you guys think? Who's going first? Uh, <laughs> I'll start. Okay. Um, yeah, Ilya Dragunov is somebody that again, he's the top, one of the other, one of the NXT UK guys that I haven't. I'm not, I, I'm not familiar with his work outside of the brand. I'm not really too familiar with his work in Germany or with Progress. I've seen a, a handful of some of his matches here and there, but he really did hold his own tonight. That's a good way to put it. Like, he looked like he belonged on that level with Finn Balor, mm-hmm. and I know he hasn't gotten. You know, there's not much build to a match like this it's sort of just cobbled together haphazardly but, you know he, he's clearly a guy that they're comfortable with going to in these high leverage spots he had a match with cesaro at takeover cardiff now he's had a match with finn Balor. two guys that you know Balor's an nxt now but he was a main roster star Cesaro's a main roster guy he's just someone they're clearly comfortable with and he's only going to get better with that with that sort of comfortability around him it's only going to give him more room to grow yeah, um, in fact, I, I'd, I'd take what Kevin said and I want to kind of double down on it because I think the priming uh, Ilya Dragunov to be a huge star in NXT UK because the build-up has been uh, for him to be to be facing off against Volta next. So the fact that they put him up against Cesaro, then against Balor, then against Volta, I think there's a lot of promise behind him and uh, the guys at NXT UK are, are really pushing this 
this kid to the moon. Uh, I've been lucky to see a lot of his work in progress and a lot of his work in WXW and we haven't really seen half of what he can do yet in NXT UK. And if he gets a little bit of that freedom, well, we've got an absolute star on our hands with Ilya Dragunov. Yeah, and that match um, with Finn, like the biggest takeaway is probably the most obvious thing, but man, Finn's nose got a little jacked up or something. Something mm. happened there. And I was like, ooh, that was a bit of a bit of a nasty stinger. I was mm. like, ooh. But um, that was a... I didn't think that match would go on first, but I'm very glad that it did. Mm. Really, just really good. I, I'm I'm glad about it too. I, I um like I said, I, I thought that Ilya showed that he belonged in the same ring as Finn Balor, uh, which is good. Um, I, and, and and like you said, Mags as well. I mean, they are priming him up to to go up against Volter, and you know, if you are familiar with uh Ilya's work or even Walter's work you you know that they have uh, uh very very good matches against one another um and uh th- that will be something to to behold and look forward to um that said um here's where I only I have the only criticism not just for this match but just for the night overall um I'm going to actually reference an article here from Bleacher Report writer Eric Beeston from last night's uh, review of the show, um, particularly in regards to the Ilya Dragunov Finn Balor match. He says, and I quote, it's almost disappointing that this did not take place in the UK because the crowd would have been red hot for Dragunov. And I think that goes to the same way for the, the majority of the rest of the matches on this card tonight, simply because it's like, you know, I'm I'm not saying that the American fans don't uh, aren't intelligent enough to know who these people they are. It seemed like they didn't know who they. they that's what it seemed like, though. It was like these these the music was hitting for the people that we see on NXT every week, and everyone was like lively. I'm like, yeah, this is a lively crowd, right? And then you get some other people, and you'd be like, are they sitting like are they falling asleep for other reactions? Because takeover like takeover crowds are genuinely like just hot. rabid, and it seemed like maybe. People weren't expecting, they didn't know what to expect from a Worlds Collide show. They're like, should we get our hopes up for this? Is this going to be fun? Is this going to be something that's great? And I think that's where the disconnect was, maybe. And 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 there's there is definitely a, a, a huge argument for that, um, you know. Uh, so I mean, when I was watching this here, I was just kind of taken aback and being like, okay, do they just not know who Ilya is? Is it just an like they're just unfamiliar with the NXT UK product? Is Finn Balor just a bad heel because they're going up <laughs> the, the crowds popping for for Finn Balor? I I, I couldn't tell. Um, so so I mean, maybe it's a little bit of all three. I don't know. But, it uh, could well be, and it could also be the fact that he's a he's a Russian character, and it's not exactly they're going to to play well in the sticks <laughs> of of the US. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you mentioned that because um, Ilya's music he's a very um, theatrical character, I would say, <clears throat> and um, his music is like just an updated version of like Nikolai Volkov's music. And you're like, come on now, this isn't like, this isn't Ilya Dragunov. Like you, you got to have something more intense than this here. And it just, uh, I don't know. The entrance music alone was like, Oh, you're playing him really, really soft a bit. He's a lot more extreme in the ring. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, I think it's an interesting point that you brought up though, about the crowd. Uh, and especially when you look at the crowd from the rumble today, how hot they were in at times and how, 
like I said, quiet the uh, the Worlds Collide crowd were. And there's going to be a lot of the fans who, who attended both. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. If you don't introduce these uh, wrestlers to the to the US crowd, they're not going to ever get to know them. So it's kind of sometimes you have to bite the bullet and take those those quiet crowds uh, just so that you're showing these people, you, they're getting a chance to showcase these uh, wrestlers and the talents. Repetition. More you do it, the more they know them. Exactly. That that's a very good point, guys. Very good point. Um, let's talk about a match that did get the crowd up off their feet. Uh, this um, <laughs> this fatal four way match for the Ooh. NXT Cruiserweight Title. Uh, man. Um, so I was on um uh, the United by Wrestling podcast uh, last night. Um, and, and if you haven't checked out that episode or checked out United by Wrestling, those guys are awesome. Uh, go go ahead and hit them up because they're yeah they're they're great. Um, but I, I had mentioned that this was the most AEW esque match on the card. Um, and and I think that uh they pulled it off pretty well. Um, you know Shane Strickland um or uh, uh Swerve Scott sorry uh <laughs> was just rebounding all over the place and, and pulling off some incredible moves. Uh, I, I thought that um, uh, he, as well as all four of the rest of the men in, the, in this match, uh, really provided a great, um, uh, I guess, resume for themselves here. Um, obviously, uh, Angel Garza, he's a, you know, a, a proper technical wrestler, proper luchador. Um, you know, Jordan Devlin, I mean, my gosh, what can be said about Jordan Devlin that hasn't been said already enough. Uh, and then Travis Banks was just a workhorse throughout this entire match. I thought this was really, really great. Um, what did you think, Mags? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, this is this was going to be the sleeper match of the night, and it definitely did not disappoint. And I like the way that all four competitors had a, even though they're all kind of in that cruiserweight division, they all have like their own style of wrestling. Obviously, you've got, like I said, Garza, who's got that luchador style. Then you've got Swerve, who is very, very dynamic. Uh, you've got Travis Banks, who's who's a hard hitter and technical, and then you've got uh, Jordan Devlin, who who seems to be able to do absolutely anything in the ring. Uh, and it was another kind of match where where Devlin came out of the shadows almost. He's obviously living in under this like Finn Balor. We give him a lot of grief over in the UK, calling him he's just a shit Finn Balor. Uh, <laughs> but he kind of did step out of that shadow and, and really made a name for himself. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm surprised that the, the, the title swapped hands so quickly. I mean, Garza's not had it that long. Long after after beating Leo Rush for the belt, um, and I think we do need to to mention the unveiling of the new tile. I think that is a gorgeous uh, tile. I'm glad they got rid of the purple strap. Um, but yeah, great victory, and, and again, great rub for NXT UK. Yeah, absolutely agree. I mean, w- would you want to see uh, a, a proper one on one match between Angel Garza and Jordan Devlin now that? Uh... You know, Garza's uh, without the belt so soon? Yeah, I think it's got to happen. And I'm actually glad that they've put the title on Devlin because he can now float between NXT UK yeah. and also the, the, the main brand. Uh, for me, Devlin was kind of stuck in NXT UK. He's such a talented wrestler, but he was never going to get over that kind of hump of, of the, the Walters of, 
or the the Tyler Bates of, of NXT UK. So the fact he can now float between and still be a champion, yep, absolutely great move. Well, and I think it's interesting too that uh, I mean, not only could he possibly defend it in NXT or NXT UK, but with Jordan Devlin obviously having good connections in OTT and obviously in progress, I mean, I think you you might have another Pete Dunne situation where Pete Dunne defended the title all over Europe, and, and you know maybe the same could be said here about the this NXT Cruiserweight title. Um, Josh, I, I mentioned earlier that this was the most AEW-esque match on the card, and I know how you feel, uh, sometimes at least about AEW. What did you make of this match? Is it an AEW match because it was the most spot-filled match of the night? I'm just asking out of curiosity. I don't out of know. curiosity, I'm, I'm, guys. I'm shrugging too. I'm just asking. Sh- shoot me. Okay, um... <laughs> Listen, I have been one to say, I believe on this show that I am very much one for fundamentals of wrestling and not just doing a spot to do a spot. However, there's a time and a place for everything in wrestling. And I think in this literal 10 minute match, it was, it was, I'm I'm just going to say my opinion, but it was spot after spot. It was just going spot to spot to spot in this, in this point in this case it worked fine i thought it was a really fun match i actually went into this show thinking that that was going to be the most fun match of the night fun match um wise so i was just like yep cool sign me up and i'm just happy that jordan devlin won to be on uh, to be honest with you because i just see star tattooed across his forehead so brilliant i dig it <laughs> with, your, with your beard josh you're giving off a, a bit of a jordan devlin vibe there <laughs> yeah yeah you know that that's pretty good I would uh I would have to slow down on the amount of cake I like to eat and chips, but <laughs> after that, and the, and, and the hair I is kind of like perfect it. too, though, right? Like it's yeah. getting it's there. It's not okay, guys. You're exposing <laughs> me. I haven't showered today. Okay, I'm going to shower later today. All right, expose me. Never bet against a joker. <laughs> Kevin, what did you make of this match here, sir? See, I, 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 you know. I don't want to see it overdone, but I am a sucker for a good spot fest. And, you know, when done right, uh, that's what I love about the – and that's, you know, when you have a fight or four-way match or any multi-man match, you sort of have to rely on spots. You know, the psychology is a little bit different. And I feel like you have to have those rapid-fire moments to keep you invested the whole time because, you know, you have superstars floating in and out like pieces of a puzzle. This match was done really well, and I love Jordan Devlin. Mm-hmm. I, I I love all four of those competitors. I'm a, I'm a big closet Travis Banks fan, but there's nothing wrong about Travis Banks. You know, he's, I know. He's I just very, remember, very I good. Just I just don't publicize it as all. <laughs> but it just Devlin Devlin just comes off like someone who needs a championship belt in his grasp, and he's got it. Very cool. Yeah. No. Um. Uh, see, I'm glad uh, in in a big way here uh, because. Um, well, for those who who listen to the show, or if this is your first time listening to Headlock Talk, um, myself and and my normal co-host Steve and my usual my usual uh, right hand man here, uh, we're big fans of David Starr and De- Jordan Devlin. And David Starr had this wonderful match in Ireland in OTT uh, just recently, um, and it just tore the roof down. And you can actually go onto YouTube, and I you should be able to find the promo package that they had for David Starr versus Jordan Devlin at the fifth anniversary show. 
and it's like a freaking movie trailer. It is done so well, and I think WWE actually nabbed their uh, their their promo package guy, their video editor. Um, and good on WWE for doing that because that was put together so well. Um, but uh, I mean, I'm glad that you all thought that Jordan Devlin had star making potential because uh, in that promo package alone, he displayed it on in full force. Um, so I'm sure somebody in a high office in Connecticut was looking at that. Um, on to <laughs> one of my personal favorites from last night. Um, a, a dream match, if there was ever a dream match for me. Uh, Mustache Mountain versus a reunited DIY. These are literally two of my favorite tag teams of all time. Probably one and two, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I mean, guys, what did you make of this match here? It, it seemed a little bit slow at first, a little bit friendly, and then it just turned on and got super competitive real quick. Bravo. Bravo. Just <laughs> round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> that match was just the perfect build of everything a tag team match should be. It had everything you wanted. I just can't put it into words of how just magic. That match was magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it made absolute stars out of all four guys. All four guys looked phenomenal in that match. Oh, absolutely. And, and it was a match built off social media as well. There was no there was no kind of backstory or anything like that. It, it was literally, like you said, it was an absolute dream match. Uh, Trent Seven uh, tweeting uh, that uh, they'd love a, rem- a match with the, the newly reunited uh, DIY, and that's what we got, and it was absolutely beautiful. 20-plus minutes of yeah, it- gorgeous wrestling. And it was no, like, bad guy, good guy thing. It was just four guys out just wrestling to wrestle. And sometimes that works in just the most magical of ways, and it's just four dudes where it's like, I don't care why they're fighting. They're just having a match to show us they can have a match. Mm-hmm. That's, that's honestly my favorite style. I, I love when you have a match between guys that, you know, they're not necessarily working on the bad guy, good guy dynamic. They're just guys going out there to have a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. You often see it with like baby face versus baby face teams or do or teams or singles or whatever. And it's just, I love, I love something about watching a great wrestling match between four peers that and and you know you get to show respect at the end and I just oh, I eat that shit up. Oh yeah. yeah, for sure. And and something that was just like f- for me, I mean, so this match did a couple things for me. Um, it made me want to see them have another one. I think that's the most important thing about a really good match is you want to see it again, um, wh- whether there's higher stakes or whatever. Um, and then, like, I think all three of y'all said it, there was this great show of respect at the end of the match. And uh, one thing that just, it just, it's burned into my mind. Um, so I'm a, I'm a huge Champa and Gargano Mark. They're again, they're my favorite tag team of all time. I love their feud that they had together. I, I think that they're both great. And but there was this point in the match where they were about to do the meet in the middle on Tyler Bate, and Trent Seven just crawls over to Bate and just hugs him. And my heart ached. I was like, I don't want to see Mustache Mountain lose this match now. Like, what the, <laughs> like what's happened here? And it was just oh, such a good match. 
Yeah, it was. And it's and it's the little things in the match that, that made it so much better. The the double punch to Gagano and uh Champa. Uh Gagano joining Champa on the on the ring apron to do the clap and uh backslap. It's just those little touches that made this match absolutely beautiful to watch. Oh yeah. Uh, I just, uh, I'm going to go, I'll probably go back and rewatch it again after we're done here. I mean, it's just so good. It's um, definitely one of those kind of matches that you could rewatch and you'll probably see something that you didn't, you didn't notice in, in the first watch. It, it's that kind of match. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Any, anybody else have any closing thoughts on, uh, on, on this, uh, beautiful, beautiful piece of art of a match. I'm in love with all four competitors. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> yep, <laughs> big strong boy. I like Tyler Bate. Tyler. I love Trent. Like, Trent Seven. Just makes me so happy. Dude. He he is the glue to that to that team. Uh, obviously, you've got Tyler and, and Pete with the big stars from uh, British Strong Style. But without Trent Seven being that kind of like backup, he he's the best seller. He's like like uh, Tanner said. He he came and he uh, hugged uh, Tyler Bate. He's just he just adds something amazing to that match. I mean, we even got the standoff where we were uh, they were comparing body types. That was brilliant. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, uh, Champa <laughs> was there, ripped up, showing off his muscles, and then Trent Seven was just about to do it, and then he was like, nah. Share candles and where we go. Just brilliant. Trent Seven is so underrated. Oh, it's just great. He's fantastic. Oh man, yeah. I'm absolutely. If you if you catch at least one match here, out of just out of curiosity, I recommend this one here. But uh, we'll we'll talk about the main event here in just a moment. Um, before we do that, though, uh, Tony Storm versus Rhea Ripley uh, for. Um, <clears throat> the NXT Championship. Now, it's newly rechristened and everything. Um, I've seen Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm have matches before. I thought, I'm not saying that they mailed this one in, but this was awfully short compared to... They mailed to, it in. They mailed it in. You, you, okay, you're going to say it. You don't want to say it, but I'll say it. Josh, go ahead and say it. You've got the floor. They, Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley mailed it in. They mailed it in. They, the finish was just like... Did they fall asleep and do the finish and just go home, ladies? That's what it seemed like they were saying to him. It was just, um, this was the, this was... the disappointing, not bad. It was not a mailing in, doesn't mean it's bad necessarily, it just means it was just a letdown because yeah. they've done better, they've done so much better. It was super, and they're quick. better than that. It was better super than quick. that, both of them. For, for me, this felt like one, it was set up to get Rhea a win back. And two, it was just a palate cleanser because they knew they had two hot matches and they had to kind of like cool the crowd down, ready to build them back up for the main event. Yep. Because Rhea is so momentumly hot right now. She's got all the momentum behind her. Such a, I believe they even said it on commentary yesterday, a meteoric rise to the NXT champion or the newly christened NXT championship. Um, and Tony's someone that never is ever not loved. Tony is always getting a lot of love. 
Um, and it was just like meeting and you're like, yeah, this is going to be great. They've had great matches on NXT in NXT UK. They have history, obviously. Um, one's a real Australian, one's a poser, but um, <laughs> we won't go there. Um, but it was just like, for me, watching this, a little, little wasty pants at this point. It was Australia Day yesterday. So I was like, I was a few ciders in by this point. I'm like, Australia. I'm like, Fuck yeah, let's go. Come on, mate. And then that happened and I was like, oh, man, really? But Rhea won. It got to the next point. We're on to NXT TakeOver Portland, I guess. So It felt yeah. like a match that would have been on like the old World's Clyde, like the first couple World's Clyde shows, those inessential shows. This match felt like inessential in a way where, you know, obviously it's a title match and it's got implications, but it didn't feel like it had the, the weight that it needed to have. Yeah. We're already focused on Bianca Belair and Rhea at this point. There was no way, there was no sense of belief, even, like for any, I, well, I'll speak for myself. There's no sense of belief that Tony was going to win. Mm-hmm. And that takes it out of a match as it is, let alone the wrestling in it. Well, I, and I'm glad that you made note of that here because it did make the match seem kind of like, okay, well, we're, it's it's very overt that we're we're looking past Tony Storm already, and you shouldn't look past Tony Storm. Tony Storm deserves her her time in the sun, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, it, it was very it was a very odd kind of match, I thought. And then um, I, uh, something else that they were kind of doing all throughout the night is they were like. They're like, oh, here's you know, here's Keith Lee and and Mia Yim, and he here's uh, Mercedes Martinez over here in the crowd, and then here's here's Pete Dunn and, and Matt Riddle, and there's the the Grizzly Young veterans and all this stuff. Bro. Um, that was the, so good, and they started chanting Blunt at him. Yeah, Blunt. <laughs> um, but then the, it felt very, um, and you could probably speak to this, Mags. This all felt very UFC esque, especially with Bianca Belair in the stands pointing over at Rhea Ripley, and then Rhea Ripley pointing down and pointing at her title, you know, uh, in in, in uh, Belair's direction. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe a slight tip of the hat to UFC there. I don't know. Yeah, I I agree. It it did it did look very UFC X. It also looked kind of uh, like when NXT signed someone new and then they turn up in the crowd at the next uh, event and they were waving. It, it it kind of had that kind of vibe to it. Uh, but like I just said, I, I I enjoyed it, especially the the kind of confrontation between uh, grizzling veterans and and the bros awaits. I thought that was fun. And Dakota and Tegan had a nice little bro from it too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> definitely agreed there for sure which um, I, which uh actually going on i mean i know we're not onto the rumble yet but i felt that was a misstep that they didn't kind of come to blows at the rumble to be fair but we will get on to that <laughs> absolutely <laughs> uh, main event time uh <laughs> this match this match was everything that sums it up quite well. Um, uh, Undisputed Era versus Imperium. Uh, again, this is probably outside of the Mustache Mountain match, the, the the match that the crowd in Houston was most hot for. Um, actually, probably more so than the than the Mustache Mountain DIY match. I would say. Um, yeah, this had legitimately everything and and the fact that alexander wolf got legitimately knocked out and injured so early in the match and then they had to call everything you know on an audible on the fly uh, was just outstanding and i think mags you'd mentioned this here that um you know adam cole and you know uh, walter really kind of 
worked out the rest of the match, but you also had, you know, uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong. And, and um, I, I'm not, I don't know too much about Fabian Eichner, but Marcel Barthel, I mean, those are all very, very highly intelligent wrestlers who could mm-hmm. guide a match like, you know, no other on the planet could. Yeah, this match, uh, I mean, the build-up to this match has been phenomenal. The way they've, uh, uh, we got the, the stuff at uh, TakeOver Blackpool 2, and then we got the the confrontations on NXT, what cost uh, people's spots in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. It's been phenomenal build-up, and it, it could have easily been a match that kind of shit the bed, that kind of didn't live up to the build but no, these guys absolutely pulled it off. And like, like I said, with Wolf being took out, I mean, absolutely no fault on, on anyone's part. And I feel so bad for Bobby Fish because he, he looked absolutely devastated oh. with uh, with what had gone on. But they called the audibles. The match, it just didn't miss a beat. It just did not miss a beat. And you're talking nearly 30 minutes, I think it went. And you would have thought it was going on for about 10 10 or 15 minutes, you could have easily watched it for another 30 minutes. It was that good. Um, I know uh, Volta has been kind of complaining recently that he felt that uh, his stint in, in the WWE shows has, has kind of took away a bit of his aura. I think this match proved that that, that got his aura back and then mm. some. Yeah, it was just such a great match. Um, yeah, and another one where you could watch it again and again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I agree 110%. And uh, with that, with, with, with Bobby Fish, yeah, I mean, you, you feel really bad for the guy because, I mean, it's it's a completely, you know, a, 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 you know, a circumstantial thing here. I mean, uh, should he have kicked right for Alexander Wolf's face? <laughs> probably not, no. Um, but, I mean, I think that he was probably, you know, in the back of his mind thinking, okay, he's going to get his hands up, he's going to get his hands up, he's going to get his hands up, oh shit, he didn't get his hands up, and then yeah. the kick just made contact. But yeah. it was smart on him and smart on the ref to where, you know, Fish went for the pin, he put his arm underneath Wolf's shoulder, and then he leans into the ref and goes, he's out. And then, you know, they, they threw up the X and everything. Um, uh, I guess, uh, Josh, what did you kind of make of, of this match here? Because, I mean, I, I think that this may be an early match of the year contender. Um, well... Going into it, I was like, there's a lot of bodies on, in there and it has a lot of opportunity to go wrong because sometimes when you have that many people in one match, especially in like a four-on-four situation, people are just trying to get their shit in sometimes and it's like mm. some it, ha- it has a lot of opportunities where it can go sour fast, especially if it went on too long or anything like that. But to their point of how good they actually are and to just – and to call stuff on the fly as well with um the injury – fairly early in the match. Uh, it's just a testament to how good they are. Like Mag said, this went for however long it did, but it could have went on for however many more minutes they wanted to go because it just flew by. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and Kevin, I mean, uh, what, what stood out to you? Was, was there anybody in particular or anything in particular that, that stood out to you in this match here? Um, you know, cause I, I think, I think we're, we're all in agreement at this point that, that this is just, just a blow away match. Like every, oh, yeah. every aspect I, of it was great. Oh, I, I, I just, it's a newfound level of respect for me for wrestlers that are able to go through these, these situations where, you know, something goes 
practically horribly wrong and you have to call a match from a fly, you know, there's no timeouts or, you know, you know, you can't pause and work things out. You have to just go with it. I always have so much respect for wrestlers that are able to adapt on the fly like that. And like, like I said before, I'll just echo that they're all very highly intelligent wrestlers. Mm. As for like, as for the match, um, I, I think the point about Walter's aura being back is a really good point, Mags, because I can't take my eyes off him when he's in the ring. Uh, you have eight bodies in there, and I'm, I, you know, I love each and every one of them. But every time Walter does something, he makes uh, any slight movements. Whether you know he's going for a chop, he's moving the way he moves. So I, like, so you know, he's pretty agile, big guy. I just could not take my eyes off him. That's no, that's no discredit to the other superstars. It's just, he's got that, 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 that crazy feel about him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that he is, uh, everybody's going to be clamoring for the Adam Cole Walter match. Everybody's going to mm-hmm. want to see that. But for me, the actual match that I was left wanting was, and every, everyone in this in this call will know my love for Roddy Strong. I think he's absolutely one of the best wrestlers on the planet. But when he was taking on uh, Volta and he was hitting him with with those knees and the the runs the from corner to corner, yeah, I want Roddy Strong versus Volta, and I want it now. Dang man, <laughs> okay. Well. I I would say that it would definitely make, well, William Regal kind of, I don't know if he teased it per se, but he said after the match, he's like, I've got a pretty big announcement for Adam Cole's, you know, uh, next opponent for NXT TakeOver Portland. And I think this would make proper sense to to make it Valter. I mean, I I, I was always sitting on the fence thinking, okay, when is is it going to be down to Cole and Ciampa? Um, but man, I would definitely love to see Adam Cole versus Walter in a proper one-on-one match where, um, Walter challenges title. Oh, title for title. Or I mean, even Walter is challenging and trying to go for, for champ champ status. I think that would be, I mean, either way, I mean, just book the match already. Goodness. Um, <laughs> um, here's something, and I kind of want to get all of your thoughts on this here. Uh, and we'll, we'll start with you, Kev. Um, I thought despite the injury to Alexander Wolf and, and uh, forgive me, I really do hope that he makes a speedy recovery. I hope this injury is not serious at all, but I think that there's something about him being injured and then Imperium still carrying on and winning the match one man down and the optics of at the end of the match, the three of them standing together, doing their pose, and just like them looking battered, like they went through war with Imperium. I thought that was just as I thought that was even more impactful than perhaps if Alexander Wolf had even stayed in the match. Uh, and so I think that it, to to a certain degree that made the match even better. Um, it fits their it fits their their mo and their story so well. There are the there you know the you have the ring general and. Have his henchmen, and they just they go to war. But they're like they're like they're so cold blooded, you know. They can they could just soldier on like that. And it, you know, doesn't even phase them. It fits their story so well. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, and for me, there's a little bit of an underlying uh, kind of story there as well, because this was the original Imperium. Alexander Wolfe was obviously a, a, an addition after the after it formed. And we, we also have that with Undisputed Era, where they were a threesome, and then they added Roderick, Roderick Strong to the mix. So it's kind of, kind of levels there, which are, a lot of people kind of just don't, don't actually catch up on. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and Josh? Um, I pretty much agree. I like the I like what Mag said with original Imperium and stuff like that. It felt mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just something about seeing those three dudes just stand together and you're like, there it is. But I just mm-hmm. agree. I will say, and nothing against Alexander Wolf. I think that he's a great addition to Imperium. But when you look at the three of them, there's a he he does look like the one that's a little bit out of place, and I don't know if they would ever do this. I hope that maybe they would, but I think uh, you know all of us who who watch or follow progress or know about Walter's career, there is one guy who I could think of that WWE should try and sign for NXT UK. Timothy Thatcher and bring him in as part of Imperium. You know, the original yeah. ring comp, you know, yeah. kind of coming together here. If if they could get him, then that would be an amazing sounding. Yeah. Maybe it maybe a turn where you know they introduce Timothy Thatcher and he just obliterates Alexander Wolf or something like that. Maybe sets up more of a, a babyface turn for Wolf, perhaps. Yeah, because Wolf's character is like the crazy um God doesn't really fit with the 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 my sacred ethos of of Imperium. To be fair, uh, they're very emotionless. Uh, are Agner, uh, Bartel, and 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 Volta, and, and he's kind of almost like a, a lunatic, which it doesn't kind of fit in. So I think Thatcher would be a would be a much better fit. Mm. I, I would just, if, if that ever happened, I think I would just, uh, man, uh, I would be like, all right, NXT UK is like <laughs> my new thing now. I uh, got, got to, got to put that on the agenda weekly again. Um, but yeah, no, uh, excellent, excellent, uh, show here. Worlds collide, highly recommend it, of course. And, uh, it was, um, it's definitely, you know, uh, more than just a warm up for the Royal Rumble, which we're gonna dive into now. Uh, Royal Rumble tonight. Oh my gosh, um, gentlemen, just overall thoughts about the night. I mean, so many things that you could talk about, but I mean, this was this is a brilliantly booked show. I think it was balanced really, really well. It could have easily been a show that that just didn't work. Uh, everybody thought that they knew the storylines going into to Mania and WWE have, have, have led us down that merry path and they booked this for me to perfection. I think it was just a really well booked uh, event and I, as someone who doesn't watch the weekly product uh, as, as a general rule, I've been so impressed with WWE's pay-per-views over the last few uh, months. Even going into years, they really, really knocked out of the park, and it was just another home run for me for for the Rumble this year. Yep. Uh, Someone who does watch WWE's weekly programs every week, um, (laughs) they have had... Raw and SmackDown have been consistently really good for the last maybe month and a half. Um, Just really good 
solid shows. And pay-per-view-wise, I agree with Mags completely. They're just – they don't – their pay-per-view formula works and they know how it works and they, they know how to kind of, for the most part, knock it out of the park. Um, this pay-per-view is just – it just proves that we don't know shit. And I like that mm. in a good way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I would agree with that. I, I think a lot of the booking decisions really kind of like – blindsided me a bit I felt you know I, I, there, there were things that they did that I never thought that they would do um, and, and 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 of course um, you know uh, Kevin I mean you know I mean what a what a historic night man I mean what, what did you make of the show uh, it was such a good show it was very unique I thought I thought that they made a lot of decisions just sort of testing the waters of seeing what they can get away with mm especially with that men's Royal Rumble, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit in more detail. Um, they just, they, yeah, they just threw the rules out the window tonight. And I, I thought, it, I thought it worked really well. I, I don't think there's anything I, I disliked, uh, you know, I liked some things more than others, but I don't think there's anything I was like, Oh, <laughs> show of hands. Uh, who, who all watched the pre-show? I was working. No. Oh, two hours, my dude. All, yep. all two hours. Okay. Well, um, so this uh, Seamus versus Shorty. Um, I'm sorry, Chad Gable. Um, <laughs> uh, excuse you. His name is Shorty G. Oh, Don't you disrespect. Okay. Put some stank on it. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, we'll put some stank on this match here, Josh. Uh, t- talk to me about what you thought about this return for Seamus. Bitch, Seamus is so pale that Wait, the light hold was on. shining in. Did you in. just call me bitch? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Did I did I stutter? Did I did I not make it clear? Go go on um, then. Make your point. Um, <laughs> Seamus is so pale, and the Disrespect. light from like the the sun was just shining in, and it was like I was so distracted. And the whole idea of this story is that Seamus hates Shorty G because he is small, but yet he is bigger than I am. Mm. So. I don't know how that makes me feel. Unrelatable, I guess. I don't know. I didn't give a crap. I was eating my breakfast at this time. I was like, eh. People were still filing in. I was like, I just seen Renee Young. This was my calm down. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and Mags, what did you make of the milkman going over uh, on uh, Shorty G tonight? <laughs> that made me wheeze. Oh, wow. <laughs> old, old milker. Old milker. Yeah, it was the right result. Um, Seamus just coming back off injury. Uh, we didn't even think that he would be coming back. Uh, and this match followed the formula to the T. Um, Seamus with a lot of dominance at the beginning, Shorty G with a bit of a comeback. Then Seamus closed it out with a win. Perfect uh, comeback match. Uh, I think Shorty G looked good in defeat, and yeah, a, a good, a good solid opening uh, pre show match. Yeah, and I think that's about the extent of what can be covered about it. It was it was a good enough looking match where Sheamus came out on top. Um, shout he, out to, uh, Shorty G for wearing the Lakers colors too. That was a nice. Yes, touch. shout yeah. out to Shorty G for for repping the Lakers colors. Absolutely, uh, I think probably one of the only, if not the only, person to really pay a tribute like that tonight. Um, so big big props to to Shorty G, uh, Chad Gable. Uh, for doing that, 
Um, Seamus did look a little bit winded in the feet, and I don't know if he was selling his leg really, really well, or if like there was something uh, a legit knock on his knee. Uh, but yeah, he he looked a little bit hobbled there at the end. So hopefully, fingers crossed, all everything's all good there. Um, Humberto Carrillo took on um, Andrade Cien uh, Almas um, in uh, the the final pre-show match, which I thought was. Pretty underrated. I thought they worked really, really well together for it being their first major match together. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I like Humberto Carrillo. Uh, I'm very much in the minority. I've, I've enjoyed his work on 205. I've enjoyed his work over in NXT UK and his work on, on the normal NXT brand. I've not seen a lot of him on the main roster, uh, but he's got that kind of baby face uh, look that, that kind of gets over. He, he seems to be struggling to get over, though. Uh, but yeah, this was a, a, a really, really good match. Um, and Andrade obviously was isn't ready to drop that title yet. So yeah, uh, another solid uh, pre-show match, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, Josh, your your thoughts on this pre-show match here? Dimples. Dimples. Man with dimples. He has some dimples and it's just like, holy crap, dimples like that would be Ooh, just... Carrillo? Yeah. Yeah, I was talking about, yeah. <laughs> no, Andrade. Andrade. <laughs> Zelina. Like the ref? <laughs> like, who are we talking about here? Yeah, I'm talking about Humberto. Um, <laughs> I mean, pigs could fly before a whole arena would chant his name at this point, I'm pretty sure. But mm-hmm. that's just me complaining to complain. I just, I don't know why. There's a disconnect with somewhere with him. He's very good in the ring. He's mm-hmm. done nothing wrong to me. But there's something about him that I just cannot like. Is it just that he's too much of that just happy-go-lucky baby face that's like just smiling and stuff like that that just doesn't i don't want to say it doesn't work completely anymore but but does it i don't know the match Mm. was really good they work really well together they had some really cool counters for one another and i just thought it was a really good match and andrade is is at the beginning of this reign as united states champion that i think we're going to get for a little while which is a really good thing and i think he's just finding his his real true spot in the on Raw and with Zelina. And I'm mm-hmm. glad then they've done with that teasing of them breaking up for a little while because mm-hmm. they're a good unit. I think breaking them up is one of the silliest things you can do at the moment, maybe in the future at some point, but not right now. They just work really well. They found their spot together and this match was good. And I think we might get a little bit more out of it, but um, mm-hmm. I guess disconnect is the first thing that I noticed with Humberto is just, I just... I, maybe I'm speaking out of my butt here, but I just don't connect with him at all. I'm just like, I don't want to like you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, sorry, yeah. Max. Yeah. I mean, that, uh, that was know. aimed at you. That was aimed at you, Tanner. Yeah. That was not to do with Humberto Greer then. <laughs> just, he doesn't want to like you, Tanner. <laughs> yeah. He, he started pointing at me and gesturing right sorry, at me Tanner. over the video here. No. I hate uh, when I get invited here. <laughs> I love inviting you, Josh. It's always a good time. Um, I guess I accept. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, Kevin, um, so th- the Royal Rumble kicked off with Roman Reigns versus uh, um, uh, Baron Captain Corbin. Pete Break. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, uh, you you need to respect your king, okay? Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> no, uh, hashtag not my king. Uh, Especially oh. when we're in the home of King Booker. <laughs> oh, 
AH Town. It is. He he wants to run for mayor, apparently. Um, Oh, boy. Imagine his political campaign speeches. I'd vote for him. Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. It'd make drives to Houston very strange. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, there'd be you know the statue of him doing the spin rooney out front of Capitol Building. Not really. Oh, um, hail King Booker! <laughs> Mayor uh, my voice Booker. Is, my voice is shot, so I can't do the Shamel. <laughs> but but Kevin, th- this opening match here with um, Roman Reigns and and King Corbin. Regrettably, um, I mean, was it all that that we wanted and more? Was it uh, was it too much of a uh, was the porta potty spot too much? Uh, too much? I mean, what 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 do we make of this this <laughs> whatever this was this brawl this false count anywhere match? Yeah, it was. I, I I wasn't a huge fan of it, and I usually do really like false count anywhere matches. This one just seemed a little like plotting to me. Mm-hmm. It dragged a little bit, you know. They did a lot of walking around to get to play from place to place. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like it was as fluid to me as it could have been. Mm-hmm. But you know, it wasn't terrible. I, I think Reigns and Corbin work well together. I think Reigns works well just about anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Corbin's in ring work. I think his style is very. I, I enjoy it. I'm definitely one of a minority. But it was whatever, you know. It, was, it wasn't like the perfect opener to me. I don't know. Did you find it a bit odd of Roman Reigns' assistance of uh, still continuing to fight a man who he just dumped over and presumably would would have been covered in poo or at least some kind of feces in in the match? <laughs> covered in poo. Well, you know, <laughs> that may have just been a liquids only. We we hope. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I can't didn't go the extra mile though, and like have him come out of there covered in fake shit. <laughs> I think they really should have. Awesome. Opportunity. I know everyone that I was watching with is waiting for him to come out covered in poop. Yeah. Speaking of shit, that spear at the end was legit shit. That was a, <laughs> such a bad spear. You think so? Oh, it was so bad. He just Corbin just fell, and I was like, "Oh, that's our finish." <laughs> awesome. But the fact is, it's a payoff to a, a pretty terrible feud. It's over Four now. Months. We've and been we having can, this. We can move on. I mean, the the least that you could do is have you know Corbin covered Roman in dog food. It's only appropriate that Roman covers Corbin in shit. I really think that that's that's the only way to go. But <laughs> that he would continue to go they after him in such a way. way. That he would continue to go after Corbin and not refuse to be like, hey, look, ref, I mean, you got to disqualify the guy. I can't touch him. That's gross. Like, seriously, you know, you know about diseases and stuff. This storyline was like Corbin was like Roman Reigns is an actual dog. And yeah, I don't know if he still realizes that Roman is, in fact, human. I'm not sure at this point. Does he still think he's a dog? Just a very large dog? I'm not really sure. He also thinks he's a king, so yeah. that's, that, you honestly, are what you say you are. That is very much true, Max. Well, and, he and, is a king. Well, and and Mags, you you, you know of, of British history quite well, I'm sure. I mean, many many English kings, you know, suffered from like all sorts of diseases that caused them to lose their minds. I mean, could this be the same case here? Yeah, I, I remember the time when uh, Queen Elizabeth II was trapped in a portal party and, and came out covered in shit. Yeah. Just what? History, <laughs> what? Horrible She's, memories. <laughs> can can confirm can confirm as the queen is the leader of the Commonwealth. We yeah. are in the Commonwealth, and uh, that story did in fact happen. 
Goodness, I've I I I somehow feel don't like I'm missing it. out on not don't being in the Commonwealth. It. Don't question it. Don't question it. Yeah. Just go with it. We know oh. our shit, don't we? We know our shit. to be fair to Corbin, he he works his gimmick very very well. He does. He knows mm. people hate him, and he plays up to it. Yeah. He's got the face yeah. that you just see, mm-hmm. like, and you're like, you just want to you're a truck bag. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, this is all very, very good. Uh, one last bit of commentary on this match before we move on. Um, uh, look, um, maybe I'm making too big of a deal of this here, but for once, just once in my life, I want to see... If if somebody doesn't use the Spanish announce table, let's have the baby face actually put stuff back onto the Spanish announce table and like clean it up properly for them, and then like give them a nod oh. or a salute and be like, "Hey, looks." Humberto Carrillo yeah. would do that. He would do that with his dimples, and he'd be like, "Here you go," and I'd be like, "I, I probably would expect him to clean the monitors so they've got yeah. better viewers." Just just yeah. just just oh, a little bit, you know. Use the shirt to wipe them up. Right, like, like two people yeah. would be like, "Oh, what a good dude!" Yeah, like 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 uh. like 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 put the notes back together, like hand them over. I I would I'd like stand up and this would be like marking out for it. I I think it'd be brilliant. Uh, <laughs> <is> awesome. <laughs> exactly. Clean that table. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Get fresh water. But um, moving on here, women's Royal Rumble match, um, low key, really, really good. I thought that this was one of two matches that really saved the card. Good. I'm sorry. What was that, Kevin? I didn't think it was low key at all. I thought that was a standout match. I thought high key, high key banger. Yeah. Oh yeah. The shit slapped. Yep. Yeah, this this is good. This is good stuff here. Um, Alexa Bliss coming in at number one, and then Bianca Belair in at number two, who turned out to be a machine MVP. this whole match. MVP. Eight, eight eliminations. Star <laughs> making night. That's it. That is you did great. Star was born tonight. Wow. It was. She it was, was that the, was. She was the EST of the Royal Rumble. Definitely the hey. EST of the Royal Rumble. Good. Uh, but hey, hey, number three, number three. Uh, okay, go ahead, Josh. Talk to me about. Entrant number three into the Royal Rumble. The greatest of all time, Molly Holly. Not just any Molly Holly, Mighty Molly was number three. So her double axe handles are even more powerful because she's a superhero. And holy sidekick Hurricane, it's Mighty Molly. And I was, this is why my voice is shot. um, And for another reason, which we'll get to later. (laughs) But Mighty Molly was in the match. And I didn't think, I didn't think we'd ever see my, well, Mighty Molly at all. I didn't think it was in Molly Holly ever wrestle again. And you know how much I love Molly Holly. That mm-hmm. woman is a fantastic wrestler. She uh, is. She's uh, solid. Solid foundation. Nikki Cross in at number four. You know, she was doing some... Uh, uh, she she obviously has an alliance here with Alexa <laughs> Bliss as tag team partners. Um, you, do you know okay in with her? In blue pants. In blue pants. Yes, in blue pants. Um... <laughs> Lana comes out, number five. She cuts a decent enough heel promo. Greatest um, WWE superstar of all time. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh, dear, Lana. <laughs> she she was going to win it for her wonderful husband, Bobby Lashley. Um, wow. You know, that was uh, that was that was her take on it. Uh, Mercedes Martinez uh, comes out at number six. Very, very good to see her, uh, you know, uh, her in her debut match, I, I would say, in, in, in WWE proper. Um, uh, 
Liv Morgan in at number seven. She immediately eliminates Lana, and then Lana immediately eliminates Liv Morgan. Poor Liv Morgan, man. More story. More, More story. story. <sighs> Little sprinkles. You can't just give everything to someone and then just be like, oh, there's your moment, and you know that's the peak of it. Build it up. Let's build. Liv Morgan has a lot of potential, but you need to be really careful with her because she's still very new to this. It's not like she's been Mm. wrestling for 15 years. She's only been wrestling for a few years. Just Mm. organically let it happen because week by week, her reactions are getting bigger. And her reaction was pretty nice at Royal Rumble. It wasn't anything like, oh my God, here comes like Liv Morgan and she changes the energy of the room. No, but it was nice and it was like, potential just let it organically happen do not force feed live because she's someone i feel that if we get forced upon i think it goes sour really fast and i just mm. see a lot of a lot of i'm not saying she's going to be the biggest thing ever but there's potential there with her mm. so just sprinkle it slowly and she's in a program with lana and this did further it yeah fair enough man fair enough um, let me see here. That was Liv Morgan. Uh, Mandy Rose in at number eight, who would turn out to have one of the most fun moments in the match. That, uh, that's, <laughs> that Dozer spot was beautiful. I loved it. That is the, that is a love story for the ages. It really is. Brilliant. It really is. It, I was, and I was... the stuff with Sonya is really cool too. It's like mm-hmm. they're using Sonya in a way to still make it, not just like a love story that's like they're too in love and blah, blah, blah. This is the kind of like jealous, jealous friend who's like, he's yeah. getting in the way of things. But it's like Sonya is like, oh, I'll use Otis too because I see what you're doing here. But it's like there's a lot more to it than just mm. point A and point B, which I love. Yeah. It's yeah. complicated, man. Romance is complicated. It is. As a, as a married man myself, it is quite complicated. <laughs> Um, <laughs> moving right along, um, Candice LeRae, uh, she came, she came out at number nine, at which point, unfortunately, Josh, Molly Holly was eliminated. Um, I know. now, now Mandy Rose was also mo- almost eliminated. Uh, however, uh, it is miraculously saved by Otis, um, who was perhaps under the ring and she landed right on his belly, uh, both feet first. Um, and he saved her, and uh, she looked down at him, uh, you know, dreamingly. Oh, my hero! And oh, man. <laughs> got if you don't, match. if you don't love Otis Dozovich, you are dead inside. <laughs> Truly, one of the the best storylines in in all of SmackDown right now. I think, it, perhaps in years, I don't know. <laughs> Truly, a love story. I think it's magnificent. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Sonia Deville out next, um, and Mercedes Martinez was eliminated at this point. Uh, number eleven was Kyrie Sane. Uh, number twelve, Mia Yim. Uh, lots of NXT talent here in this match. Here, lots of NXT talent. Um, Otis does try to save both Mandy and Sonia at the same time, uh, but was just barely unsuccessful. Very cool spot though, where he tries to catch both of them. Um, and he he did catch them. He just fell backwards in the process, unfortunately. He didn't um, complete the catch. He didn't make a, a wrestling move. He didn't. He didn't make a wrestling move. It, it was a it was a Des Bryant moment. Um, he, it was it was not a catch. Did he catch it. I don't know. <laughs> um, let me see here. Dana Brooke at number thirteen. Um, at this point, unfortunately, Candice LeRae and Kyrie Sane were both eliminated as well. Uh, Tamina in at number fourteen. Long time no see. Um, and uh, then oh, she gets eliminated. 
Esther. <laughs> of course. Uh, she does get swiftly eliminated by Bianca Belair, however. Um, oh. I know, right? Rats. <laughs> that hey, is she came in. She, she got her paycheck. She left. Hey, can't complain about it. She's um, working the system. Nothing but respect. Exactly, exactly. It's the Brock Lesnar approach to business. Uh, Moving onwards. (laughs) Well, (laughs) yikes. To be fair, though, Brock earned his paycheck today. Oh, he did. And goodness, if only Steven was here. Uh, (laughs) I have been texting him, um, and and I'll kind of give his uh, response here shortly. Um, Dakota Kai in at number 15. Very cool to see her. Um, number 16 is actually Chelsea Green also making her uh, debut uh, for WWE tonight uh, Dakota Kai got eliminated and then Gr- uh, Chelsea Green was then eliminated by Alexa Bliss uh, Bianca Belair then eliminates Dana Brooke Belair eliminates Bliss uh, boo boo I really thought that uh, Alexa Bliss going from one all the way to the end would have been really, really fun. Maybe that's just me. Bliss uh, is just it's something about Bliss. Sorry to chime in. That's fine. Bliss is someone – you look at Bliss this time two years ago, and she was the star of the division. And at this point, and I hate to say this, she's just become a number. She's just furniture at this point. She's not doing anything. They have not – it's not saying that because she's a baby face or anything like that, that it's not working. I think there's something there for her, but she's just become another person. And it's really bad to see because she was a star. Like bliss was the focus of raw for Mm -hmm. a solid year. And now she's just like, she's just kind of there and not really making an impact on anything, which sucks. Mm. Cause I think she is very talented despite what some people say. I think she has got that it factor. Yeah, I think it, it's mainly a protecting her from any further injuries because she has been very, very injury prone, uh, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of bringing her back in softly and slowly. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I can I can agree with both points. Actually, I think I think that's a, a quite a fascinating analysis on Alexa Bliss here. Um, let me see here. This is where the the tune of the rumble started to change. Uh, number seventeen, Charlotte Flair, uh, who was looking quite Energy. stunning tonight. Quite stunning, Charlotte Flair. Quite queen like, if you will. Um, quite queenly. Yes, yes. Um, she is in at number seventeen. Naomi is in at number eighteen, I believe. I think I stepped out of the room at this point. Yeah. The hair, the hair. Yeah, she, yeah, she, she was definitely rocking full mane here tonight. Yeah, you know, she. Uh, Anyone seen um, uh, Austin Powers Gold Member and Beyonce in that? Butts of Cleopatra, and I'm a whole lot of woman. That was I was like, hell yeah, Naomi. I was like, come in here and hit people with your ass. I'm down for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it was good to see her return as well. I mean, uh, I, I was not expecting her. We haven't seen her in quite a while. Um, Beth Phoenix, this uh, another surprise entrant here at number 19. Um, I, again, I think this is maybe the theme about uh, the Women's Rumble match that I, I, I really loved so much is that um, we didn't have a, a really good idea uh, of who was going to be in here, and I think maybe a lot of people criticized that for not really knowing who's going to be in the Rumble. Um, but at the same time... Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, everything was kind of a surprise, um, especially Beth Phoenix coming in at number 19 here. 
uh, Tony Storman at number 20. Uh, and uh, at this point, Charlotte Flair actually eliminates Bianca Belair. Um, so that was that was pretty pretty crazy, actually. Uh, Belair stuck in for a long time, had a very, very good performance here in the Rumble. Um, yeah. star- eight eliminations. That's, that's a star-making night. True, yeah. I- What's that, Kevin? She's a star, man. She is absolutely, absolutely, um, and uh, yeah, she's she's gonna have a. I think she'll have a very good match with Rhea Ripley. I think they match up very well. I think it's a good a good clash of powerhouses. I think it's a match we really haven't seen, like a style stylistically, maybe something we haven't seen in a while from the NXT Women's Division. You just want to see two girls go out there and just lift shit, toss mm-hmm. shit around, and just beat up on each other. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, man. Um, let me see here. Kelly Kelly in at number 21. Um, so that, that was a big surprise as well. Kelly Kelly coming back in. Sarah Logan uh, comes in at number 22, but isn't in there for too long. She gets eliminated by Charlotte pretty much immediately after she makes it into the ring. Um, and then uh, Charlotte who also eliminates Kelly Kelly here. Uh, Natalia in at number 23. Uh, Zia Lee um, is in at number 24. Um, and uh, uh, Kevin, she she made a pretty big impact in last year's Rumble. What did you make of her this year? Do you see a, a, a marked improvement from one Rumble to the next? Uh, honestly, not not really. Um, mm. She had a couple good spots, but I, I wasn't like blown away by her performance. It's clear to me that as someone who's been in the last two Rumbles, she's someone that they are they must be high on, right? They mm. they got to be aiming for something with her, or else they wouldn't put her in these you know these huge spots like they do. But they've shown that they trust in her. She's mm. not bad by any stretch. I don't want to say that. It's just you know I, I don't know. I wasn't like blown away, but mm. she's fine. Okay. Okay. I mean, what about uh, what about you guys, Max and Josh? What, what, did did you see any marked improvement from uh, from Zia Lee, uh from one year to the next? All right, then moving on. <laughs> um, you, you guys still there? Hello. I I'm here. Oh, okay, cool. I thought maybe I lost you guys. Matt, I don't think I can hear Max. I can't Is hear Max. Oh, Max. I think he might be muted. Hello, Max. Mm. Can't hear you, Max. Hmm. Probably talking a lot of shit over there too. <laughs> my, my plan is finally working. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay, we'll we'll try and get Mags here in just a second. Ma- Mags, definitely chime in whenever you're back online. Okay, buddy. Hold on. Did he mute himself? Check to see if your <laughs> check check to see your microphone if it's on mute. He he turned it off and on. I seen him turn it off and on, but yeah, he, uh, he, huh. something must have happened. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. One moment, please, guys. Let me, we're, gonna, we're gonna try and get Mags online here. Oh. Something came through. It was a message. He a sent message. a message on on our hangouts. He sent a message. Oh, let's go. Let's go check and see what Mags has to say. Oh, I can hear something. I think that was Kevin. Oh, okay. Fucking <laughs> 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 uh, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, t- t- take take your time, Mags. We'll 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 keep it rolling. Just let us know whenever you get back online. Have no fear. We'll we'll be right here. Okay. Um, let me see here. If you'd like, I can. Uh, let me see here. Um, da, 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 da. Where are we here in the Rumble? 
Um, let me see. Zelina Vega came in at number 25. Um, at the, at which point here I started to notice um, Beth Phoenix's head just kind of busted open. Um, I mean, uh, Josh, I mean, uh, kind of take it away from here, man. I mean, oh man, uh, she was bleeding. I just noticed it because she has blonde hair. And obviously when you have blonde hair, you see it in her hair. Um, and I was like, damn, she is bleeding. Like, I don't know if it was as much as it was. Maybe it was the blonde hair that maybe it was looking more and more, but I didn't know the spot when it happened. I just seen it and I was like, that girl's bleeding. I, I did I did notice that you probably, um, I think you missed like Tony Storm maybe in there. She was also in there, at, at, I think before, I think she was in at number 20, mm-hmm. Um, Tony Storm. Yeah, he's uh, had her. Oh, did he? Was I just not listening? Sorry. Keep up, kid. <laughs> um, But yeah, she was just bleeding like crazy. Hey, I can hear Max. Hey, Max is <laughs> back. I was just about I to have, message you. I, mean, I have absolutely no idea what happened then. Uh. I've unplugged some stuff and plugged it back in, and it seems to be working again. So, hooray! Yay! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for everything. <laughs> Listeners out there, yes, thank you for being patient with us. I'm glad that Mags was able to, to to get himself back online. It would have been tragic if we lost Mags here. Um... <laughs> that sounded so patronizing. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I really meant it from the bottom of my heart. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, her, yeah, Beth Phoenix's head. I was just like, whoa. And then it was like, oh man, all of a sudden that's a lot of blood. Like that was crazy. It's like, like noodles and like uh, pasta sauce, like spaghetti sauce. <laughs> that's one way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the right way. That's the right way to put it. That's what it like. It's because her, her hair was like a, like a very, very, bright blonde so the blood was very distinctive mm-hmm. it looked cool as shit to be honest i was like this girl's a- yeah. well beth phoenix always cool. has been a total badass i love beth i think she's fantastic true mm-hmm. true but beth phoenix is pretty awesome yeah and, and she looked like a total badass at this point here um you know shotzi blackheart another surprise entrant here at number 26 um and at this point here naomi pulls off a kofi kingston uh look she was seemingly eliminated but uh she uh, kind of held on to the ring barrier and kind of made her way over to the announce tables uh you know um i think i've seen her do this spot before not quite yeah. sure but um yeah it was different and i'm not gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna say something i'm not saying she's not pulling a kofi kingston she's pulling a naomi at this point she's yeah, she's made it her own we didn't get a Kofi Kingston this year. No, we did not. We we got a little bit of something different out of Kofi Kingston this year. Um, but yeah, no, very uh, very unique here by by Naomi. Uh, you know, and such athleticism to be hanging onto that barrier like that and not just fall over the other way. You know, especially the fact that they're covered in foam now, uh, which is is not exactly attached very securely. So she did well to hold on there. True. True. There's, there's there's literally no margin for error on on those spot on these spots mm-hmm. that Kofi and Naomi pull off. It's crazy how they, we you know we've been seeing them for years now, and I don't think we've seen one go wrong. It's crazy knock like, on wood, guys, knock on wood, because it was it was close this yeah. year. It was very yeah. close. There was literally this much room between her her feet and the floor, man. I can only imagine how many times you have to try that to pull it off and be and, like, yeah, I nailed it. And she didn't really look that confident in using the uh, the the 
desk sound as a bridge, to be fair. Mm. Looked like it was going to bend, and I was like, this is going to be bad. Mm. And with all that yeah. hair, like, she's probably mm, not thinking yeah. very clearly. um number 27 was carmella um uh, Corey graves awfully subdued on commentary um number 28 tegan knox uh very cool to see tegan in the royal rumble i thought kev loves tegan knox it's it it is no secret that i am a huge tegan knox fan i thought she was going to be the one to dethrone Shayna baszler Clearly, I was wrong, mm, but I mm. think she'll get her moment sooner rather than later. She will be a women's champion in mm. this year in the company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, no, I agree. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just oh, laughing. Because this, this, this next one. He definitely one. does not agree. <laughs> no, no. I'm looking. I'm, no, no. I'm looking here at number 29. And I'm oh, just thinking, the like, spot of the uh, like the spot it, of the it, in an yeah. era of yeah. Me Too and in an era of <laughs> the year 2020, uh, Santina Morella <laughs> is just a Cal- sight to be seen coming out to Cal- Billy and Chuck's You Look So Good to Me. <laughs> How dare you? We've, we've clearly shown proof that Santina and Santino are twins. They've been in the same room together. It was on that Trump edition of Raw, and it was, that was a thing. And they were, they're two different people. They just both happen to have some hair on their chest. Some ladies do. You don't have, it's just like, don't, it's just, let's, let's well, th- thank woman. you, Josh, for clearing up twin my woman. ignorance here in this issue. Twin, I appreciate it. Yeah, that's, that's right. I'm glad you said it, and I didn't have to say it. You're ignorant. <laughs> Man, what a woman. Everything you want in a woman. Mm. I like the, a nice strong jaw on a woman, you know. You do. The mm. the, the commentary <laughs> when uh when this when Santina came out just absolutely killed me. I think it was Corey Graham said, Oh, Santina's put a bit of weight on since we last saw her. Oh my god, that killed me. Absolutely killed me. Mm, yes. <laughs> it was quite a moment. It was quite a moment. Um, <laughs> and we got the cobra. We got the cobra. Yes. Cobra. Yeah, that was brilliant. And then to bat himself and eliminate herself, apologies. Apologies yes. herself. <laughs> yeah, brilliant spot. Absolutely and how awkward to Beth, like being in there with her ex-boyfriend's sister, and it's like, oh, it's so <laughs> awkward and you're like oh i haven't seen you since that christmas and it's like oh how you doing it's been a while you know and just um i'm glad she eliminated herself before beth took out her frustrations on her former lover's sister mm-hmm. what's, what's funny is wow. that uh i was watching with my brother and some of my, some of my brother's friends who aren't like big wrestling fans mm-hmm. and we did a little royal rumble pool we all pulled numbers and we you know we saw who we win my brother had 29 so when 29 hit and he sees that this TC Santina Morella coming out. I thought he was gonna throw the remote through the television. <laughs> like, thrilled. He's like, My "What's God. the point here?" He's like, "Why is this happening?" I'm like, "I don't know. It's a funny spot." He was so mad. <laughs> it it was great. I I thought it was a uh, very uh, very humorous uh, Santina Morella. I would have never imagined. Uh, Shayna Baszler uh, is the final entrant here at number 30, uh, and she eliminates uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Zelina Vega. Uh, Carmella gets eliminated. Tony Storm gets eliminated. Uh, Naomi gets eliminated. And uh, we're down to Beth Phoenix, um, Natty, Shayna, and Charlotte. Um, Beth turns on Natty 
and then is eliminated by Shayna. And Shayna and Charlotte have a very interesting uh, kind of finish to their match here, I thought. Yeah, it it felt like they kind of botched the first attempt at it and then went for the same thing again. Uh, but yeah, lol, Charlotte wins. She's becoming the senior of the of the women's division, isn't she? So I would have preferred a, a, a Baszler win, but I can see a, why a Charlotte win works. I just hope that she doesn't go for Becky because... As good of a match as it will be, mm-hmm. I've seen it that many times. It just doesn't feel special anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm, but there is another women's championship that you can go for. And also, mm. I have a little bit of a theory with Charlotte winning. Uh, what about... Hey, 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 hey. Okay, so there was a lot of rumblings around the time, maybe oh. two or three months ago, Rumbling. that... Rumblings? Is that is that a bad word to use? I'm, no. I'm sorry. Rumble, rumblings, rumble. I, I mean, yeah, it's quite the pun uh, there, Josh. <laughs> that was totally planned. But <laughs> there was rumblings a few months ago about maybe some NXT presence on the card. Why wouldn't Charlotte Flair go for the NXT Women's Championship against Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania? It's a step down. Hmm. Why is it a step down, though? Hmm. <laughs> I... It just it does it just seems that NXT still has that vibe of being the 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 kind of like developmental brand. Mm. Uh, people go up to the main roster. They don't they don't call. However, aren't they trying to establish that it is the main? It is on par with everything else. So Charlotte yeah. going for that championship because it's the hottest division in the in the it's the hottest division at least in WWE, the NXT Women's Division. Rhea Ripley is, you know, one of the best female performers in the company at the moment charlotte wants to be the best she wants to beat the best going for the nxt women's champ or going for the nxt championship i should say makes it seem like that's a championship that everyone wants and it puts them i mean i understand i understand the theory behind it uh but do you want charlotte as the champion of the seven hundred thousand uh viewers a week show do you want her as the champion of the 2.1 2.1 million views a week. Show. Charlotte bringing right. more viewers. Well, yeah, I mean, I was, I, was about, I was just about to say that. I mean, there there is the you know the something to be said about perhaps Charlotte. It could Charlotte garner more viewers onto NXT proper? And I mean, there's always been the word about like Kevin Owens, you know, uh, you know, going over, going back to NXT. Um, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's outside the realm of possibility. I will say the chances are somewhat slim. Um, but I do like your theory, Josh. That is something the very intriguing about how if, well, if she would challenge, she'll probably just end up picking Becky and we'll go from there. But I mean, there is still Bailey, I guess. Has well, there is Bailey. I mean, but hasn't that been the theory since last year? Like right as you know, Becky pinned Ronda. People were saying next year it's gonna be Charlotte versus Becky, right? Like that's. <sighs> It's that was like, pretty cut and dry, I thought. I understand everyone being like, I get Mags's point. Like they have great matches, yes, but we have seen it a lot. However, isn't one of the issues that a lot of people have with Mania is nothing's being built properly? This has technically been building for years, and it's technically it could be the the big end all beagle of Charlotte and Becky for quite a while. And we have Charlotte and Becky have this great match at WrestleMania that some people want, some people don't. However, um, I guess there's a lot of stick in the saying that 
the Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch is the hottest thing in the, at least in the WWE. Why wouldn't you go after the top? Charlotte always claims that she is the best. Yeah. I get it. I mean, there is there is at least two or three championships that she can go after. Yeah. So she she did like cut stuck. the she did cut the promo at the end saying this is her division, and mm. I mean I think that's a pretty clear shot at whoever wins the match between Becky and Oscar. I'm sure in her mind she would rather face Becky. Because uh, I think that would make the uh, a potential victory all the sweeter, um, you know. But I, we'll wait and see. We have got seventy days until WrestleMania, so wow. I mean, I'm not opposed to the match. I'm really not. A Becky versus Charlotte match will always be a good match, and mm. looking at it objectively, those two deserve a singles match at WrestleMania. Mm. But it's just the 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 gone to that well so many times that it just doesn't stand out as a wow this is a special match that that should be like a headliner if you understand what I mean it's just something that's happened so many times Mm. well very cool I mean I I thought this was a very well done women's Royal Rumble for sure Um, now and and just before we go off it I think it's interesting to, to see how this Rumble was booked even like with with uh, not knowing the entrance, and then you compare it with the men's, where we knew ninety nine percent of the entrance, and how that match went down. A really, really good like dichotomy of of the rumbles, uh, especially with having two rumbles on one show. They, it can get a little bit same old, same old kind of thing. And I think WWE have done so well to have two very, very different Royal Rumbles on the same show. Mm. I, and, and, and I like the the word uses there, dichotomy. Yes, that would be that's the perfect word for this. Uh, yeah, I didn't know you were taking the SATs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> word of the day: toilet paper. <laughs> uh, Ke- Kevin, before we move on, you were going to say. Oh, um, I just wanted to point this out. I just wanted to like clarify with you guys because I was working in the lead up to the show. I only got off of work at like six thirty. So I didn't watch the, much of the pre-show, and I wasn't sure if I missed like an announcement or something. But where was Sasha Banks? Uh, yeah. they, she's injured. There was a report saying that she was injured. Yeah. Really? I read, yeah, I read a Tom Colohue uh, tweet. Uh, apparently, she's got an ankle injury. They thought she was going to be back for it, uh, but obviously, it's it's worse than they, they expected. So, oh, yeah, so she was out. Damn, that sucks. Yeah, I, they, I, I think I was, they said. I think they said that one of the NXT women were like a, um, I guess like a, a, a sub. Yeah, like a reserve if, if in the case of Sasha not being ready to go. That's why there was maybe, I'm thinking that's why there was like the Chelsea Green spot or something like that. She yeah. wasn't in there for very long. She was just in there to be in there or someone like that, maybe Zia Lee or something um, to be in there just to be a number, which sounds horrible, but I don't mean <laughs> it like that. <laughs> Well, goodness, Josh. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, I'll be honest. I pretty much uh, missed out on the, the the Bailey versus Lacey Evans match. I had to go uh, tend to Mrs. Headlock Talk, who's um, you know she's having a real rough time right now. She's got a, a upper respiratory infection herself. Um, but I had to also go and get my I, I or I ordered some food off of Favor, so I had to go to the door and get that. Um, so I missed a lot of this match here, the Lacey Evans versus Bailey match. You, you didn't really miss a lot, to be fair. It was in the it was... spot. The poor, I do feel bad for it. It's like you don't want to follow a rumble. <laughs> yeah. You don't. No. 
it was a, it was an adequate match. It was an adequate uh, kind of refresher match, I suppose. Mm. There were some good points. I uh, I really liked the uh, Lacey's uh, interaction with her daughter at the, the uh, uh, ringside. I thought that was cute. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a a, a bog standard Bailey and Lacey Evans match. Yeah, I think I like it was exactly what you'd expect from a Bailey a Bailey Lacey Evans match. I think that mm-hmm. I don't think you expect much more than what we got. Okay, yeah, well, fair fair enough then. Um, I mean, I I am somewhat impressed, and, and I think this is kind of going back to what Stephen and I had talked about for months and months and months: is just give Lacey Evans more time, like to work in the ring and do these kind of things here, because I think her initial like heavy push was just like super heavy and being paired with Baron Corbin really is kind of like a death blow in and of itself. But, um, I I mean, yeah, she, she she makes a very good face, especially if you can accentuate, you know, obviously her military service and then, and, and she's kind of like, um, I think, I think Steven used a a better term last week here, but like uh, Miss Americana basically, right? Like she's like, you know, Liberty Bell from glow. There you go. Yeah, I, I think the only thing that that they could have changed in this match to make it better would have actually give Lacey the title. I think with uh, how she worked with Becky, I mean, she was always on to a loser there. I think WWE have pushed her to the moon. Maybe she's a little bit, uh, wasn't ready for it and she was a little bit green and this could have been a bit of a thank you for her. Uh, and I think the ending was weird. It was almost like, they were rushed because they had to catch time up or something like that. It just mm. the way that Bailey got the the win, it fits her heel uh, character. And I, I couldn't be on this podcast and not say she looks like a Karen who is going to complain to your supervisor. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, it was just it was just a bog standard refresher match uh, after the come down of a, a Royal Rumble to build build the crowd back up for for the Fiend and Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she, I, she does look like a Karen. I am a supervisor at work, and I have a lot of people that look like that that complain to me. Um, and <laughs> she's just... But Mags and me disagree, shockingly enough, on the fact that I think Bailey is a fantastic heel. You do not. She's a you terrible do... heel. I, don't, terrible I, just, I think she's fantastic in that role. That's why I'm scared when everyone's like, oh, is she going to like work with Sasha at Mania? I'm like, why would you want to? They're both really good heels. Don't turn them. Neither of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I know. I personally have like have, have been turned off by Bailey since she's turned heel. So I guess it's working mm-hmm. to an extent for me. Like something about her right now, I just I can't click. I cannot click with. Yeah, mm-hmm. but if she turned back face, she would be instantly like the Bailey that you know and love. So that to me shows that mm-hmm. she's a she wasn't boring. She was a hugger. She was a hugger. A, a hugger, just for for everybody out there, not a not a hooker. Um. <laughs> yeah, that would be a wild turn. That would be a wild turn. Just making sure for for clarification for everybody out there. Um, I, I'll take a fourth opinion. Um, I I I'm turned off by Bailey because I don't think it works. That's just me though. I don't I don't think the the heel dynamic works for her, and that's just kind of I don't know. I don't, that's just how I feel. The the and the Egyptian headdress kind of thing, and not it's not a headdress per se, but like the jewelry um, yeah. that she wears in her entrance. I'm like, well, that's kind of just a weird thing to do, isn't it? Like that's, yeah. that's kind put, of out of character. Uh, 
I put a, a message in the group chat. Uh, <laughs> went on holiday once to Egypt. <laughs> wears the headdress every week from now on. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> right, it's horrible. It just doesn't fit her character at all. At all, like, where are, are you supposed to be a pharaoh? Are you supposed to be like, what are we, where, Cleopatra? What are we doing here? Nefertiti. Yeah, Nefertiti. Like, what are we doing? Like, this is just this is just very uncharacteristic of everything. Um, and, and when you said that in the in that little message, I was like, the first thing that came to mind was like, there's this Family Guy skit where these two ladies go to Mexico and they're like partying Mexico all the time, and then like you know they come back to the states and it's like you know they're like Mexico and they're like we're, we're in a sombrero and the like the boss is like just get back to work, Becky, and like, <laughs> like get back yeah, to work, Karen. Yeah, exactly. Can I see your <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> But Mags, you you brought up the 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 Daniel Bryan and and Fiend strap match here. Um, I'll say this: um, two things. Um, maybe I'll get in trouble for this. I don't know. Uh, probably not. Um, I I've never been a Bray Wyatt guy, and I'm still not a Bray Wyatt guy, even with the Fiend. I'm just gonna throw it out there. It's oh, just yikes. <sighs> For for me, I just uh, it just can doesn't we, click with me. Can we cancel this podcast? Can we cancel this podcast, please? <laughs> but on the other hand, I'll say this: the, the the most redeemable factor I think about the fiend in this match in particular is that he was so good, and Daniel Bryan was also so good in this match. I legitimately thought for a moment Daniel Bryan was going to win the title. And then the fiend kind of overshadows everything and crushes your dreams because he's Michael Myers and he's there uh, just to to destroy. And that's exactly what happened. This match was just sheer brutality. Um, probably the best match that the fiend has had um, since this new phase of character. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean I, that that that's all I have to really say about it. I really I, I actually. It, as the match went on, I enjoyed it more and more. Yeah, a strap match. I'm not obviously a wrestler. I know I have the body of a god, but I I am not a worker. A true However, Adonis. Uh, thank, thank you. I'm glad you said it. I'm glad someone did. Um, <laughs> honestly, a strap match would be incredibly hard to have because I feel like you'd be very limited in what you. There's only so much you can do. You're stuck to a person. You get hit with the strap a few times. There's a comeback. You're pretty limited in what you can do. However, if you're going to have a strap match, I would like to see these two do it again because they've made use of the stipulation really well. Um, it's not a stipulation that we're all crying to see all the time. Like, that's not a there's few and far between. I've actually, you know, I could probably list on the amount of times I've seen a strap match in my life. Like, I could list it on my hands, really, because um, I can't really think of too many, at least good ones, mm. in my opinion. Um, but... They did pretty well at the stipulation. The crowd was very much behind it. And there was parts of me, as much as I think the Fiend should not lose the championship at any time soon, there was parts of me that was like, I would not be mad to see Daniel Bryan win here. He does, mm -hmm. he is that ultimate baby face that makes you believe. Mm -hmm. It really does. You know, his heel run last year, he's a fantastic heel. I think some of his best character work is when he's a heel. However, sometimes you're just like, this dude's just a baby face through yeah. and through. And I think that played really well here because. The Fiend is a cool heel, hard to get cheered against sometimes, but Brian is the perfect, perfect protagonist for him. Well, and I think that's that's a big part of why I think there's a major case for putting Daniel Bryan up there amongst the greatest of all time is this sheer 
I I don't I don't know of another way to describe it, but it's it's this feeling you get with some of his matches, a lot of his matches when he is that just that baby face on fire, where you're like, I know it's against all logic. In no way should he win this match, but I, he should win this match right now, right? Like like you you believe that he's gonna win this match, and even if he doesn't. You know, I mean, it's just like, it's just one of those things that makes him so great as a performer. Underdog. He's the ultimate underdog. Mm-hmm. Absolutely yeah, agree. I, I, I agree with everything you both just said. And it's hard to make a strap match work. Uh, they're never going to be one of the stipulations that I like. But this was as good a strap match as you are going to get. And it was far better than it had any right to be. Look at these in there, though, dude. Like, it's just like they have no reason to have a bad match. They're both very, very good wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Brian is part, like, pound for pound, one, still one of the best in the world, in my opinion. And Bray is so good at his character. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people forget that he's actually an incredible in ring worker, especially for someone his size. Mm-hmm. When he moves, the way he does stuff, is he shouldn't be as big as he is. But I think some people get lost in his fiend persona. And even the Bray character in its infancy was so good that you sometimes like this dude can actually, he can go with the best because Brian can make anybody look good. But when Brian's in where there was someone who is on his level, Mm -hmm. you know, send me home. I'm just ready to, I'm ready to watch all day. Well, and that's why I think this, it makes it work so well. Like, you know, Dan and Brian, like you just, like, like both of y'all just said, he's the, this ultimate underdog kind of persona right and 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 he makes um he makes the fiend look every bit of you know the horror movie character the you know the the michael myers like the guy who just won't die um and nobody to this point um i mean i mean i guess you could really only point to maybe seth rollins the fiend and seth rollins daniel bryan and the miz but i mean out out of everything here daniel bryan's made the fiend more um than than any of the other guys and and, and to such an exponential level that it's just uh, i mean yeah you you buy the fiend right um and and in part of that there you 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 buy into Daniel Bryan because you know he he walked out of the ring on his own accord being assisted by the referees and you're like man he almost had him he almost had him um but uh yeah a, a very good um, you know, way to set up the, the men's Royal Rumble match here. Um, but before we depart there, Ke- uh, Kevin, I mean, uh, uh, thoughts on this match here, sir? I just, I, I like you guys. There were moments in there where I had absolutely no right to think that Daniel Bryan was going to win the title. Because, like, why would he win the title there? But at mm-hmm. the same time, the couple spots, I honestly thought, I don't know why I thought this in retrospect, is like this would be like the wildest thing ever but i thought he was gonna make him tap out i thought he was gonna tap out the fiend yeah mm-hmm. i was like and i was going crazy for it because like, i like the fiend but like i love daniel bryan and daniel mm-hmm. bryan winning the belt at any point josh pointed to being pointed to be him being the ultimate underdog and it's always gonna have that crazy that awesome feel to it when he wins mm-hmm. yeah i mean before we move on i've got a couple of points that uh 
uh, I noticed. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've for a, for a quite a while, I've wanted to see a little bit of inner conflict with the fiend. I've wanted to see these like this hurt and his heel side kind of battling against each other. And I think we got like a little bit of the hint of that. The way it was kind of like stroking uh, Daniel after he'd won won the match. Uh, I think that maybe that's a way to kind of keep his character fresh where we're going to see uh, The Fiend being his own worst enemy kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and then the other point was uh, was another one I mentioned in the group uh, chat about the camera work was focused on Daniel Bryan's back to show how much uh, pain and how much uh, mm. suffering he'd gone mm. through for the match. But I could not take my eyes off... Uh, one of the referees who had gone a little bit overboard with the the, the, the spray tan, the spray tan. He had bright orange hands, <laughs> and it just it really took me out of that kind of feeling sorry for Daniel Bryan moment. Mm. Max is like, "Fuck Daniel Bryan! Look at the spray tan." <laughs> You could well, see it all in between his fingers where he was white, where he'd not made contact, and he had bright orange hands. He looked, <laughs> he looked a pillock. Well, and and you know this is all made more and more apparent uh, when we get into the Royal Rumble itself. Because <laughs> yeah. oh, wow. goodness, whoever was in charge of the spray tanning that night was just like, I don't know, man. Like they're like, how, oh. did, how did one man look bright red and bright orange at the same yeah. time? It was like everybody was trying to do their best, like Trump, right? Like they're like, just give <laughs> me. Andy like, by the way, had a really intense spray tan. It was borderline offensive. I was like, oh dear. Who, who was that? Andy Rose, she had oh. a her spray tan was like I was like her face and the rest of her body was a different color. I was like, <laughs> oh dear, I'm like, uh, I'll, I'll have to go back and check that out. I had no idea. I didn't. I did not notice. Um, uh, th- though there are other things about Mandy Rose. I mean, she's a great performer, you know. Um, Just signed uh, a five year deal. Yeah, good for her. Make that money. Um, jingle, jingle. <laughs> uh Oscar versus Becky in, in perhaps one of the most hyped matches uh that uh that there was leading into the Royal Rumble match here, guys. Did it live up to the hype? Uh, I guess we'll start with Kev. Kev, did it live up to the hype for you? I liked it a lot. I thought the, the finishing stretch in particular was really strong, you know, going for the you know, going for the taps, trying to Oscar desperately trying to wriggle her way out of the, the disarm her. But I thought it was good. And I you know, I, I expected nothing less because We've seen these two go. We saw it last year at the Rumble. We've seen it, you know, intermittently since. And it just it delivers. It works. It's always really good. And this was, you know, one of the this is a great match. It's a really good match. And it was tough because it was I noticed this amongst my friends, you know, they, they everyone was getting restless waiting for the rumble. So they were in a pretty tough spot. But I felt like, you know, I felt like they did, did a decent job commanding the audience's attention. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely agree. Uh, Josh, uh, Mags, what, thoughts on this match here? Um, well, I liked it. I didn't think it was as good as their encounter last year. Um, I'd have to. Everything is different on a second watch because sometimes, even I was like, I'm ready for the Rumble now. Like I'd calmed down a little bit from the women's Royal Rumble, and that's essentially what we're here for: is the Rumble matches. The undercard is just essentially. I don't want to say filler because there was some great matches, but it's just, it's not why we're so hyped for, for the Royal Rumble. It is for the, for the Royal Rumble matches, but I don't think it was as good as last year, but I did like the fact that Oscar was consistently avoiding the disarmor because 
I think it puts a little bit more um, on that finish to be like, okay, if you're locked in this, you're going to tap out. You know what I mean? That's what essentially the Oscar lock has, has lost a little bit because so many people get out of it now. Um, but that's a story for a different day with Oscar. Um, I think Becky's in a really weird spot at the moment. I've said this many times on Reverb. Kevin knows exactly where I'm going is that I feel like Becky's lost a little bit of her. She hasn't lost it all, but she's lost a little bit of that, that spark that made Becky Becky. Mm-hmm. And now she's almost become everything that she fought against in a weird way. But going into Mania now, I did like the, f- I, I wanted Oscar to win. Cause I was like, in my brain, I'm like, is it going to be Charlotte and Oscar again at Mania? Um, because they, Charlotte and Oscar always put on fantastic matches and it's kind of echo off of what they did at WrestleMania 34. I was like, maybe we're going to get this again. Maybe Oscar is going to get the win and Becky can go do something else. Cause Becky's in a spot also where she doesn't necessarily need the championship to make something big. Cause Becky is just, she's almost bigger than the championship at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad that Becky won. I'm, I'm still happy. And uh, I did really, I did enjoy the match. There was a nasty spot with that suplex off the apron, the front suplex. Um, yeah. Oscar fell and I was like, Ooh, that looked, that looked nasty. And then the mist, you know, going up in the air and disarmor. And it was all she wrote. I thought it was I good though. Spot. I thought Miss spot was great. Yeah. It yeah. was a unique way to do it. Uh, I called the, the miss spot, uh, was coming up. Uh, I could see that she'd put the, the pellet in her mouth and, and whatever. Uh, but, before the event started, this was one of the matches that was almost guaranteed for a Becky Lynch win, in my eyes anyway. Uh, the Charlotte win at the Rumble kind of threw a bit of a spanner in the works, uh, but this match was always about getting uh, that that win against Asuka for, for, for Becky, and that kind of took me out of the match because I almost it was almost like I knew the result before it happened. Mm. Um, but the miss spot was a, a really good spot. Uh, it was a, a a, a good good way that she uh, Asuka was avoiding the disarmor all the time and then finally succumbed to it. Uh, for, for me, though, the star of the sh- the actual match was was Carrie Sane and her uh, overacting at the at the at ringside. <laughs> I thought she was brilliant. I absolutely mm. love Carrie Sane, and it was good to see her kind of like just the overacting she does. It's just really really warms my heart. No, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I, I really thought that. Um... Uh, essentially, uh, I, I guess, hmm, well, this was just flat out very, very good storytelling. I thought, right? Like it was just uh, in a just from the lead up to the match, the build, everything was just right as it should be. Um, as far as you know, um, the promo work, you know, the the whole contract signing thing, the the mist at the end was just such a dramatic, nice effect to everything else. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, look, it was very, very well put together. Um, I mean, I, 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 we tend to try try and shy away from star ratings nowadays here on the show, but I mean, I definitely put in the notes here. This was definitely a good, solid four star uh, match here uh, as an all around package from from everything, the build up through through the whole match itself. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, yep. yeah. And then onwards and upwards towards the uh, main event here, uh, the Men's Royal Rumble match. Uh, Goodness, so, so much good. So much good came from this match. Um, uh, Number one, surprise, surprise, Brock Lesnar. 
Yes. He was number one. There you go. Um, <laughs> who would have thunk it, right? So, yeah, I didn't. Um, but uh, number two, that was what everybody else was like, hmm, who is this going to be? Hmm. It was Elias. And the song, the song was perfect. Uh, <laughs> the sacrificial <okay>. lamb. <laughs> yeah, he, he comes out with I didn't think Elias would start with, like, I didn't suspect Elias but when he's like the guitar. I was like, ah, perfection. (laughs) (laughs) He, um, yeah, he kind of did the whole honky-tonk man, like talking up himself, belittling his opponent, playing the guitar on the way to the ring, and then he makes it to the ring and then just immediately gets murdered by Brock, right? So dead. (laughs) Just smashed with the guitar. You know, the ref is like, you know, picking up the pieces, throwing them out the ring, <laughs> you know, um, and, and, and Elias just, yeah, just murdered, dead murdered. Um, number three, uh, uh, Eric Rowan. Eric Rowan comes out with his, uh, with his cage. Uh, I was like, oh, this will get a little bit interesting. Hmm. This will, this will be, uh, this will be a little bit spicy. Hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh nope. my god, it's spicy. No, it it was like he made it to the apron and then Brock was like, Nope, and then eliminated him. I was like, Oh. And this is kind of where things I was like, this is gonna be a pattern here. This is kind of uh hmm, I don't know. I don't, we'll we'll see what happens. Robert Rude comes out at number four. He punches Brock. He he gets a little bit in. Just a little bit, right? And this is kind of the 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 starting of the genius of this whole uh, match here, uh, at least in the Brock portion of the match. Um, Brock clotheslines him. Uh, Robert Roode F five eliminates him. He's gone. Uh, John Morrison comes out. He's gone at number five. And then Kofi Kingston, right? Kofi Kingston comes out at number six. You know they have a, they have quite the history. Kofi comes out on fire, starts beating up on Brock. Uh, Brock just overpowers him, but he makes it through the clock. At this point, nobody had made it through the first full minute here. Um, and not until Robert Roode came out was there anybody who really had any offense on Brock. So progressively, they're starting to just get a little bit more in on Brock, just as as the numbers roll by. Uh, number seven here, Rey Mysterio. Uh, another man with a pretty big grudge against Brock, <laughs> I would say. Um, they they both uh, Kofi and Ray kind of you know try to work Brock over and double team him uh, to no avail. They both end up out on the outside of the ring, but not eliminated just yet. Um, up until number eight here, Big E uh, <laughs> he comes out, fires up both Kofi and Ray on the outside, gives them a pep talk, um, and. Uh, yeah, Big E, man. That was like the first one I saw in the match where I was like, "This is somebody who could stand up to Brock." Uh, to Brock, I think. Uh, I, I don't know. Well, what did you guys make up until this point of the match? I, I felt that the booking was absolutely perfect. I loved it. Uh, if you are going to piss off the crowd, double down and make sure you piss that crowd off because Mm. they were fuming every time someone came out and they got eliminated within seconds the crowd were rabid they were absolutely rabid uh and again the 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 point where coffee uh survived and then Rey mysterio came in it it got to the point where we were thinking is old brock's enemies gonna gang up on him and get him out uh 
No, they were not. No, they were not. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it, it was. Um, uh, <laughs> it reminded me of the song. You know, I, I, I got a lot of enemies. Got a lot of enemies. You know, uh, Brock had a lot of enemies in this match here. And then when Big E comes out, you're like, oh, this is a guy who's got some power and some size on him. You know, and he he hits Brock with the big ending, and I was like, "Oh shit! Things about to, things are about to get very very real for Brock very fast." Um, but uh, Brock fired up, and he eliminated Ray and Big E, and then he he gave Kofi the F five to the outside, and once again Brock was on his own. Um, Cesaro comes out here. Been wanting to see that one for a long time. Cesaro and Brock in the same ring together. Um, but it, but it was not to be for very long, unfortunately. I don't think. Yeah, mm, very oh. sad. At this point of the match, I, I honestly think like I think at first it made me mad what was going on, and then mm-hmm. I started to realize that once Brock eliminated uh, Biggie, Ray, and Kofi in pretty quick succession, that's when I realized I'm like this is like the greatest troll job in the history of wrestling. Oh yeah. Hundred percent, because they were like, it's it's such an anticipation for you to be like, who's gonna like kick Brock's ass already, right? Like he's already well on his way to setting up the the Royal Rumble elimination record, right? Um, you know, it's it it was, um, and again, I I was texting Stephen at this point, and he was uh, he was furious. I, th- I think uh, the the words that he used here was, um, oh, let me find the text messages. Uh, he says. I ask him, how much do you hate this right now? He says, words cannot describe it, honestly. <laughs> um, <laughs> poor poor guy was having a bit of a rough time. Um, but uh, Shelton Benjamin came out at number 10 here. He he hugs Brock. And, you know, you think there's a little bit of a team up here. Did, did any of y'all get a sense, okay, well, maybe Shelton's an ally here at all? Did anybody buy that? Maybe a little bit. Well, no. <laughs> no, I mean th- there is history there. I like the they were they I like were in college work. All right, one one at a time, gentlemen. One at a time here. Go on, nah. Kevin. You go first. I was just going to say uh, there is history there. They were both in the same uh, wrestling team in in uh, university and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, it was just brilliant. It was just Brock being Brock, being the absolute asshole of a heel he is. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And the further he got on. In eliminating people, the more I was, I was enjoying it because it was, it was just we're getting trolled. Like Kevin said earlier, we're getting absolutely trolled. Uh, WWE are doubling down, and this we don't want uh, Brock as a as a fan base. Well, you're getting as much Brock as we can give it. Give you, yeah, amazing booking, amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Shelton gets uh, eliminated by uh, by Brock here. Unfortunately. Um, uh, Kevin, uh, what did you have to to say about all oh, this I, so far? Uh, Mags took care of what I was. I was just going to point out that I really liked the storytelling that Brock and Shelton were teammates at the University of Minnesota, mm-hmm. and I, I genuinely thought there was a chance that maybe they teamed up. But you know, obviously, it wasn't meant to be. And Brock is, you know, going to get that heat, man, and he he certainly gets it. Uh, and I thought, like, really, Pete, people care about Shelton Benjamin in the year two thousand and twenty, mm-hmm. but still, you know, like. Whole heel move. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, this uh, number eleven was also very interesting here. Shinsuke Nakamura, and I was like, oh, 
this is this is quite interesting here because Shinsuke is the guy who took the IWGP title eventually off of uh, Brock Lesnar, if I'm not mistaken, um, mm-hmm. or or he was the next direct successor in that lineage of that title. Kind of uh, uh, started off the the new era of New Japan post Lesnar and post Enochism, uh, uh, perhaps. Um, so you know you had two guys somewhat familiar with each other here, um, and uh, yeah, uh, even the great Shinsuke Nakamura, not enough uh, to handle Brock Lesnar at this point. Uh, MVP in at number 12. Um, this was quite the surprise, so I'll give it to the man whose uh, voice is very hoarse right now. Josh, how big of a pop did you get out of MVP coming to the ring? Um, you got nothing from me. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> I'm not an MVP guy, and honestly, I was like, the music hit, and I was like, who's, who's that? I was like, who is this? And I was like, oh, it's MVP. And then I was like, oh, he's just going to get killed by Brock. And this isn't, I mean, no disrespect, but he didn't look very good. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, he looked mm-hmm. really like out of shape and like he just, I don't know. I wasn't feeling the MVP comeback. I was never like much of an MVP guy, to be completely honest. Well, his time was very short. I'll, I'll grant you that. He was, he was not meant to be in there for very long. Um, after MVP here, number 13, Keith. Lee, and uh, let me ask you about that pop instead, Josh. How how hard did you pop for Keith Lee coming out? I uh, Boston his glory, if you will say. Um, he was. <laughs> I was like, I was saying to my sister in that because my sister is a. I don't want to say she's like an in between casual and level that I'm. A, we are all on fans. She like doesn't like. She keeps up with everything. She'll watch the pay per views, but it's not like she's like raring to watch everything all the time like if she missed something she'd be like eh, i don't really care so i was like she's familiar with nxt but not to the point where she's like i know everything about everybody but she was like um i want someone from somewhere to come in and take out brock and i'm like maybe keith lee and she was like mm, okay the music hit and i kind of i like watching other people's reactions i reacted and i was like oh hell yeah here we go keith lee but she was like okay he looks like someone that could take out Brock. And that's purely just based on his size. She hasn't really seen too much from Keith Lee. That's just by pure looks alone. He's someone that can match up with Brock Lesnar, which not everybody mm-hmm. can, let's be honest. Like, I'm not saying it's wrestling. We understand. We know that other people can take him. It's not all about size. But just look alone. It's like, that's a bad dude. He could take mm-hmm. down Brock. And it felt like that. There was a different energy than when, no offense, Shinsuke came out. It didn't feel that, which is sad. But True. it didn't feel like it didn't feel like that. It didn't have an energy like Keith Lee coming out. You're like, here we go. Mm-hmm. You did get the feeling that the 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 murderers row of people coming out to to take Brock on was getting heavier and heavier. Like they were getting more and more severe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Like this feels different. Yes. <laughs> Um, Braun Strowman in at number 14 and at this point I was curious as to how the ring had not broken already with the three of them being in there throwing each other around um, beefy boys. <laughs> yeah big big beefy guys right there um, you know uh, all 300 pounders I'm sure um, Braun gets eliminated quite quickly and so does Keith Lee unfortunately I, I think I think Keith Lee got eliminated at this point um, yeah. number 15 was Ricochet and this was uh this was where the 
the turning point started to happen here for Brock, I think. Uh, Brock was... He was my number in my rumble pool. I he got, was? I got, I got 15, and I was like, oh, no, this is not going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> very, very nice. Well, he, he at least played a significant part here, because though, though Ricochet's one-on-one activities with Brock was, were not um, immense here, uh, Drew McIntyre came out at number 16. And... With a little bit of an assist here from Ricochet, who low blows Brock, who was he was huffing and puffing. You know, Keith Lee and Braun Strowman took a lot out of him. That uh, low blow was just one blow too much, and it set up perfectly a Claymore kick that knocked Brock Lesnar out of the ring and eliminated. Um, yeah, so at this point here, yeah, Drew McIntyre is a made man. A hundred percent. A hundred percent he's a made man. Yeah. It was perfect storytelling, absolutely perfect. Whoever was the guy to eliminate Brock was going to be a made man, and it was ideal that it was that it was Drew, and it kind of changed the whole like mindset of the Rumble. Then we had this first part of the Rumble where it was a massive troll against everybody, and then the Rumble really started as a, a proper competition when uh, when Drew eliminated Brock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, that was pretty fantastic. I thought. I thought. Um, uh, uh, Kevin, I believe you were saying something. I oh, I was just saying that the kick itself was really good. Uh, his claymore kicks. I'm not, like, it's not something that I would be like cra- usually crazy about as a finisher. It's a little basic, mm. but the way he hits it and the way it sounds, it oh. just sounds so devastating. The one he nailed, and we'll get to it later. The one he nailed to win the match, spoiler, was uh, unbelievable. He, yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely, hundred percent agree with that. Um, let me see here. I know it's getting late, so we'll 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 try and speed through this here a little bit more. Uh, number seventeen, the Miz, and and he's gone. He's he's just gone. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's out of there. Uh, Drew eliminated Ricochet right after he eliminated uh, Brock, and and the Miz did not last any at all. Um, number 18, AJ Styles came out, uh, you know, he, he lasted the minute, you know, he was in there. Uh, and this is kind of when thing, the ring started to build back up a little bit. AJ Styles, like I said, in a number 18, number 19 was Dolph Ziggler. Number 20 was Carl Anderson. Uh, so you kind of had a little bit of OC in there. Um, and then lucky number 21. Holy cow. There's rumors it galore. Rumors galore, all leading up to the Royal Rumble. Would he be here? Could he make it? Is it possible? I had my doubts. I really, really did. And somehow, you know, when uh, when the, the song Cunnilingus by Alter Bridge hits. <laughs> Cunnilingus. That's the name of the song. Yeah. It's Metalingus. Metalingus, I'm sorry. Cunnilingus is something else. Um, yeah, something yeah. totally different. A little bit, a <laughs> little bit, just a, just a little bit. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I don't know. Edge. Edge comes out, and it's like the biggest pop like, yes. possible. Oh, my God. This is why my voice is so shot still. Two, two and a half hours, close to three hours after the Royal Rumble. It's like, not to get like all sappy and emotional, but like nearly ten years ago, nine years ago, we thought that man would never, ever wrestle again. And it's mm. like, holy shit. 
the rumors are actually true. He denied, 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 but you never believe anybody in wrestling anymore. It's just mm. like, I'll believe it when it happens. But it's like, that's just a, if that's not giving people hope that they can do anything. I mean, this man was going to be paralyzed if he took another wrestling bump, you know, or potentially if that ever happened. And it's like, it's edge. It's someone that we all, I don't really come across too many people. That's like edge sucks. Right. Edge was just always so consistently great in whatever role they put him in. And it's like, what a moment. It's why it reminds us why we love wrestling. I've been a little bit disconnected from wrestling in the last month or so. I haven't been really mm. feeling it. I'm like, I, I suppose I was always like the rumble picked me back up. But like that moment right there is like, ah, this is why I love putting all these hours into watching this. As Mags would say, it's it's why we watch, right? Yeah. yeah. Ah. <laughs> Subtle plug there. Nice work. For one of his 15 podcasts that he has. Three podcasts. <laughs> Sorry, I lost count. They're, they're wonderful. They're all wonderful. <laughs> um, Available on the Visionaries Wrestling Network. There you go. You, you can only find it <laughs> on the Visionaries Wrestling Network. Um, let me see here. Uh, Baron Corbin in at number 22. Um, let me see here. AJ is eliminated by Edge. Matt Riddle in at number 23. Um, quick thing about Matt Riddle. There were some reports going around that he had a confrontation with Brock. Not mm. enough is known at this time to really know what really went down. I don't know. Um, is is Matt Riddle making too many enemies early on yes. backstage? <laughs> he is, and I love it. I absolutely love it, though. I, mm. I love how much of a, a shit disturber he is. Mm. <laughs> Stare in the pot. There you go. Um, I mean, hey, look, I mean, Matt Riddle and, you know, uh, uh, Brock Lesnar, Goldberg, I mean, that'd make a hell of a triple threat match, especially if he could retire both of them at the same time, you think? Eh, who, who knows? What, maybe one day. Who knows? Bro, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had a he had a good run for a little bit there, gave some good kicks to McIntyre, but didn't really do enough to kind of make a name for himself in the Rumble just yet. But he had, he got a great reaction, uh, that's mm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he beat up on Edge a little bit and got, got some booze, and I think Riddle just didn't know what to do about that, so his elimination came well-timed, I thought. Um, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, Luke Gallows in at number 24. Uh, Baron Corbin is eliminated by Drew McIntyre here. Uh, you, you thought that Corbin would make it long enough to stand toe to toe with Roman? Guess not. Guess not. Thank God. <laughs> it's, a land, it's a land drawn under that, that feud. That feud's over. Don't need to revisit it. No. At all. At least not for another <laughs> like. The best at this point to keep them separate for a little while. Uh, for forever, hopefully forever, <laughs> preferably. <laughs> um, Luke Gallows was in at twenty-four. Uh, like I said, Corbin's eliminated by McIntyre. Randy Orton is in at number twenty-five, and we saw many little uh, uh, rated RKO reunion Ooh. here. And they, uh, I popped it for that. Uh, Me too. I was getting some flashbacks, man. Uh, that was it, was it. Was great. I thought it was wonderful. Um, let me see here. Roman Reigns, of course, is in at number 26. Ooh, getting some booze. Uh, no, nobody mm. wanted to see Roman Reigns win the Royal Rumble. A little bit surprised. I don't know. Um, I think that he was clearly one of the heavy favorites here, but maybe he's, I mean, this would have been his, what? Um, has He's won twice, hasn't he? 
uh, once, I think. Just once? fifteen, I believe. Oh, it was uh, the other one I'm thinking about is the time where um, everybody thought it was going to be Daniel Bryan who would still come out. Or, or, or something. And then it was Rey Mysterio at 13. He got the biggest booze ever. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Rey. Poor Rey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, Kevin Owens in at 27. Alistair Black in at 28. And Alistair made a bit of a name for himself here. He he was beaten up on Drew. Drew relented and then um, you know reared back for a Claymore kick, but then got caught with one of the sickest black masses of all time um, and just stopped Drew dead in his tracks. That's a match that I would like to see sometime. Uh, Drew oh, and Alistair. Absolutely brutal. That would be, that'd be a lot of fun. Oh, it would be so much fun. Um, Samoa Joe in at 29. And then last but not least, the savior of Raw himself, Seth Rollins. And Seth comes out with his posse, uh, you know, uh, uh, Buddy Murphy. You know, Josh is a big fan, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the authors of Kane. you see the Australian flag up there, you probably can somewhere. <laughs> no, yeah. you can't see it, everyone that's listening. But there's an Australian flag sitting behind me. Yeah, it's, it's very apparent. <laughs> um, uh, Seth Rollins, um, he eliminates Aleister Black. Um, there's a bit of a scuffle here with Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe. Um, Kevin Owens tries to eliminate uh, uh, Seth Rollins, but is saved by the Authors of Pain. Uh, Kevin Owens is then eliminated. Joe is eliminated afterwards um, with an assist by Buddy Murphy. Alistair Black, Samoa Joe, and Kevin Owens start brawling with uh, these these acolytes, I guess you would call them, of Seth Rollins. Um, and they, they're, they all brawl all the way up to the, the entrance ramp. And this leaves Seth Rollins all on his own. He tries to, uh, I guess, renew a partnership with Roman Reigns, and you know the the Shield, you know, put put his fist out like that. Roman kind of teases it, rears back with a Superman punch. Rollins is eliminated. Um, there, there's, uh, I guess, we're down to Edge, Orton, Roman, and Drew. Orton teases putting an RKO on Edge. Edge was like, eh, "Hey, we're, we're buddies. Why, why did you? Why would you go and do such a thing?" And um, Edge, then being a little bit smarter, a little bit one more step ahead of the game here, he ends up eliminating Orton himself. Ultimate uh, opportunist. This yeah, is true. And that that spot was it was great to see. Absolutely great to see. Yeah, hundred um, percent. It was uh, at that point, uh, and it might actually win the rumble. <laughs> There was always that thought. It was like at this point, I mean, Edge has made it this far. He could possibly win, but I, I think that this is I another. Was, I'm sorry. I was suckered in by it. I, I was like <laughs> on the edge. We all were. We all were. Oh, but but this is kind of the another genius part of this match here is that Edge is set up so perfectly as such a sympathetic, uh, feel good person in this match uh, that. You know, when Roman eliminates him, it sets up Drew McIntyre perfectly uh, to then, you know, get this Claymore kickoff that sounded like a gunshot. Like, people talk about yeah, Walt. It was beautiful. Yeah, you it's were talking nasty. about this earlier, Kevin. Yes. Like, <laughs> a gunshot went off. You just said it perfectly. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was like, it was literally the perfect way to end the match. 
it, like like people talk about Walter's chops sounding like a gunshot. This this would have been like a shotgun going off is is how it hit Roman, and there was just enough here for Drew to throw over uh, a Roman over the top rope and win the men's Royal Rumble. What a match! Such a, a a great moment. I mean, how how big of a moment is is this here in the career of Drew McIntyre? Somebody who's kind of been a journeyman, who's been been all kind of all over the world. Uh, you know, coming back to WWE and and finally winning the Royal Rumble. I mean, guys. I mean, uh, is this the the pinnacle of Drew McIntyre's career up to this point? It's happening. It's finally happening. Like you can't really ask for anything more. There's not really a lot bigger than winning the Rumble and going on to WrestleMania and presumably going against Brock. You know, it seems to be all, it's all but confirmed that he'll probably go for Brock. He eliminated Brock. Their story there seems to be the perfect setup for it all. Um, there's really nothing bigger than this. People have been clamoring for Drew the longest time. And I think the wait was well worth, well worth it because mm-hmm. he did this a year ago. Yes, it would have been good, but he's very much ready now. He's got a little bit of a momentum behind him. Um, I think we're in for a very, very different kind of Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania, mm. if he chooses Brock. I agree. I think we've been on this precipice with Drew basically since he came back, that he was going to be the guy. He was going to be the the face of the company, and he's always got to the top and never kind of got that pushover. And it we felt that maybe he was going to go the way Braun Strowman, the way that he would never just make it over and, and finally we'd lose interest and he'd go back down the card. But no, they've, they've played it perfectly, absolutely perfectly. He was mm-hmm. a made man. He's Like Josh said, he's, uh, he's got some form behind him. He's, uh, he's matured as a character, he's matured as a wrestler, and we're going to have an amazing... Uh, WrestleMania match because of it. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, I think that, I th- I think that um, this match, from as someone who's not, you know, has been on record saying I'm not a Drew McIntyre fan, this match made me believe in him. Mm. Sounds a little corny, but I, I it, something about it just finally snapped on for me. I, something finally clicked. I think it's because he's becoming more sympathetic as a character. Mm-hmm. I think like people want to root for Drew McIntyre. That much has been obvious for since he came back to the to, to the WWE fold. Mm-hmm. He really earned my respect tonight. Oh, absolutely! I, I yeah, I, I felt the same way. I think this was a this is a star making moment for for Drew, and they they set him up brilliantly uh, with the the Rumble match itself and how he eliminated Brock and his journey through the rest of the match. Thought it was great. Absolutely, um, he he is truly a made man at this point, uh, as far as uh, uh, the Rumble goes, and as far as chat, you know, going to WrestleMania, uh, that's going to be a huge moment for Drew, uh, who, regardless of who he picks. It's going to be a, a phenomenal moment. Um, uh, so uh, with that, there, uh, I guess uh, uh, that was the Royal Rumble and, and the entire Royal Rumble weekend. Uh, that means there's only a couple things left to do here before we uh, before we go home, you guys. Uh, let's uh, we've got a little bit of time left. Let's do a little bit of a lightning round, of course. Of if wishes were fishes, 
Yes, it is indeed underwater. Um, <laughs> if this is your first time listening to Headlock Talk, or if you've been with us since the beginning, uh, If Wishes Were Fishes is a game where we each go on the round here taking turns, making wrestling-related wishes, and of course, the others will grade these wishes in terms of fishes. Yes, it is quite silly, but, you know, hey, everybody gets some fish, and, you know, it's a good time. Yeah, so uh, so uh, with this one here, I think we're going to do a little bit of a, uh, maybe a WrestleMania theme uh, to this one. Uh, wishes for WrestleMania matches that you would like to see. Uh, so w- without further ado, does anybody have a, a WrestleMania match wish that they would like to make? That's just That just yeah. can't... Oh, go ahead, Max. I had one as soon as uh, as soon as we got some of the participants in the Royal Rumble. Uh, if wishes were fishes, we will see RKO face off at uh, WrestleMania. We will see Edge taking on Randy Orton. Ooh, that's a that's a that's a beefy wish. That's a that's a great that's a great wish. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I think with Edge being back in the in the wrestling fold, there's nobody better to to be his first big feud than Randy Orton. The the chemistry that they've had is is they've had it for years and years. Uh, it gives Randy something to do. Randy's always the come across as the kind of person who gets more involved if he's interested in the feud. And and yeah, uh, uh, just them two facing off in. in in, in the Royal Rumble, where Randy almost gave the RKO, just give me all of the feels. Mm. Yeah, that that's something I need to see. Mm. Absolutely, um, you know, because that is such an an electrifying matchup. But both are are quite slippery kind of characters when they're at their peak form. Uh, I, I have no choice really but to give you uh, six giant moray eels here, Mags. Uh, you know, because that that would be that, that's that's such a such a cool wish. I, I really would like to see that match. Uh, uh, Josh or Kev, do you do you have any uh, uh fish here for for Mag's wish about an, a rated oh, RKO match? I sure do. Um, you, you stole mine, Mags. <laughs> so I have to scramble here. <laughs> uh, if, if, yeah, I, I would grade that uh four tilapia. Ooh, oh, a tasty fish. I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, and, and what about you, Josh? Do you, do you have a fish here for Mag's rated RKO wish? I'll give you four clownfish because it makes oh. me smile. It makes me smile. Calm and, down, and Mag. And I'm a clown. I'm not for once attacking you. I'll just leave it at that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's 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 quite awesome, um, Josh. Uh, while we while Kevin finds another match, uh, would you happen fuck, to have man. another? You you found it? No, I said yeah. Fuck man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you said yeah. I found it. I was like, oh, okay. Well, Kevin, that was quick. Uh, uh, Josh, do you have a a WrestleMania uh, wish? Uh, yes, mm-hmm. I, it it does. Uh, it does kind of contradict what mags is saying but fuck mags um oh, okay so so um mine is is edge related i want to see a dream match that we never thought we'd see i want to see edge face off with aj styles Ooh, and they did tease it a little bit in the rumble too didn't they hmm. and it would be just listen it would be phenomenal oh mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
because it's AJ and it's Edge and it's two people you're like, they've never worked. And it's like, you didn't know you wanted them to wrestle until you like seen that in the rumble. And you're like, wait a damn minute. AJ does not have bad matches. Edge really never had bad matches when he was in his, you know, going at this all the time. Um, I couldn't suspect this would be anything less than great. No, I mean, I, I would definitely agree with that. And, and for that, I'm, I'm going to give you, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll match the six that I gave Mags. I'll, I'll give you six, uh, but this would be a deep water snapper. Uh, because not only, oh, snap, but also because when the match gets into the deeper waters, I think that's both when both AJ and Edge excel. And, and yeah. I, I would certainly love to see uh, a matchup between those, those guys. Uh, Mags, would you happen to have a, a, a fish to give Josh in return for his wish? I certainly would. Uh, I'm going to give him, and seeing as it's WrestleMania 36, I'm going to give him 36 rooster fish. Uh, <laughs> the rooster fish is uh, what's called a trophy fish, and I think that that fits perfectly with the fact that this will be a dream match, a trophy match. So, yeah, 36 rooster fish. There you go. That's, that's Cheers, I am quite the cock. <laughs> Levels. <laughs> I see right through you, Mags. <laughs> uh, very nicely played. Very nicely played. Uh, Kevin, would you have any wish, or fish rather, for um, uh, Josh's uh, wish? Yeah, you know, it, I'm, not, I'm being dead serious that after the Mags debacle where he took my match... Um, the second match that came to my mind was Edge AJ style. <laughs> so I'm just gonna give Josh one single puffer fish. What a little bitch! I don't, I don't really have any. You watch your mouth. I don't have any rationale behind it. Hey, it's it's all good. That's 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 the fun of the game, isn't it? Um... <laughs> Is the fun of the game just steal? Kevin's ideas? <laughs> no, I mean just to see where it goes. You know, you never know. I've never, okay. I've never experienced, uh, you know, somebody's wish getting stolen not just once but twice. Uh, so this, this is kind of a, a history-making moment here for Headlock Talk. Uh, well, I'll give you some more time to think up a wish here, uh, Kevin. Um, so I'm going, I'm going. you got one? Okay, go for it, man. Yeah. I'm stepping away from the Rumble match itself. Because obviously the most intriguing matchups are ones that are teasing the Rumble, right? Mm. I'm going to step away from the Rumble. And I'm going to go off of something that was planted in my mind by a friend that I was watching with. It was – oh, it was in the Rumble match. So actually I'm not stepping away from the Rumble. <laughs> I'm just being dumb. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not thinking about, you know, the the big hon- the head honchos in the match. I'm thinking about – when Shinsuke Nakamura comes out and Sami Zayn's alongside him screaming, hooping, and hollering, one of my brother's friends is like, why isn't he wrestling? Hmm. Referring to Sami Zayn. Well, right now, Zayn's just being a manager for Shinsuke. His next question was, so when do they turn on each other? And I'm like, hmm. light So if wishes were fishes, I would get Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Championship. Oh, that would be quite the match, <laughs> especially because their match a few years ago. Uh, I Which mean, that's one of my favorite NXT matches. One of my favorite matches of all time. 
Oh, I mean, it's it's a it's a wonderful match. I mean, <laughs> I I've never heard of anybody disliking that match. You know, it's 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 quite critically acclaimed. So, I mean, absolutely, yes, please. You know, let, let's 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 see that match again. Um, let me see here. Uh, a fish for that. Um, let me see here. Uh, would you? Would either of you two gentlemen have happen to have a fish for uh, Kevin's wish? I have a fish. Yes, I have. Um, seeing as Kevin was a little bit salty that uh, that Josh and I had the the ideas before him, I would give him one solitary saltfish. <laughs> oh, a, a saltfish. <laughs> I'll give him four of those. You can have four of those. <laughs> Hell yeah, Max. <laughs> Goodness. I didn't know. I wasn't aware I was coming on this show to be attacked. <laughs> well, well, you should know what you're signing up for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, uh, I'll tell you what. I'll kind of turn things around here for you because uh, I, I really do like that wish quite quite a bit. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think we've seen another match between Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura uh, since then. I think that uh, Sami would play a very good baby face if they were to uh, to feud again. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to, I'm going to give you, uh, uh, three killer whales because not only is that a killer, w- uh, wish of a match, uh, but, uh, I'm sure it'd be a whale of a time. Wow. Oh my God. A man of integrity. <laughs> um, uh, m- my match is, uh, I feel as though it's very obvious from, from tonight's, um, kind of happenings on the Royal Rumble match here. Uh, but obviously with uh, uh, Seth and his apostles kind of being, um, you know, a, uh, a driving force on Raw, um, I, I like the idea. I, I, I like the idea of Kevin Owens and Samojo trying to get recruits. It didn't look like it turned out so well for the Viking Raiders um, this past week on Raw. Uh, but perhaps... If they kind of reload on things here um, and uh, recruit perhaps uh, Rey Mysterio, I think Rey Mysterio could be somebody easily convinced to go into this feud. Um, and um, I think the the secret weapon here would also be Aleister Black. So if Wishes Were Fishes, a four-on-four elimination match at WrestleMania, Seth Rollins, AOP, and Buddy Murphy against Kevin Owens, Samojo, Rey Mysterio, and Aleister Black. That would be what I would want. Damn. <laughs> I know, right? Okay. <laughs> no, I could go. I could go. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll start the fishes. Uh, that's a good, that's a good, it's off the track. It's not like, you know, it's not, it wouldn't be a main event match. It would be. You know, it's somewhere on the card, maybe an it's, opener. It's hot, definitely mi- it's definitely mid mid card, maybe hot opener. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm gonna, I, I liked it. I like it. I like it. And I'm a big fan of the uh, the zebrafish. So I'm gonna give you five of those. Five zebrafish. Oh, that's fantastic! Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that. I'll go ahead and give do you three, three. Large mouth bass because mm. it's a large match with a lot of large men. Yes, <laughs> that went weird fast, and, and they all have mouths. 
That's just... well, well, presumably. <laughs> I don't know them personally, but I'm assuming they do have mouths. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, whenever I hear some of Joe's music, I always think of the Elephant's Parade. Uh, so I'm going to give you... That's awful, isn't it? That's a horrible thing to say about Samoa <laughs> It makes me think of the Elephant's Parade, and it also makes me think of uh, the Family Guy uh, uh, segment where... Uh, Stewie's chasing around fat guys with a tube and every time they fall over. It's just that kind of music, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to give you, because of that, I'm going to give you eight, seeing as there's going to be eight competitors, hmm. eight Peter's elephant nose fish. Ooh. A very unique Holy fish fuck. there. Holy very fuck. Very unique. Man, you, you, you really did your research here for this one, Max. <laughs> I did. Google is such an amazing thing. Mm, yes. It quite it is quite an amazing thing, um, but before we take off, guys, uh, just a brief editorial. I sometimes do editorials here. Um, Twitter's getting awfully weird. I don't know what's going on with it, um, but uh, uh, you know, just uh, just a shout out uh, for anybody out there. If you see something, say something, right? You know, if if something does not feel right, or if you're approached by somebody who's asking of you to do things that you're not comfortable with. Uh, you know, uh, report it. Say say something about it. Uh, do not feel like you know that 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 you can't say something, right? Um, I, I I think that uh, we could all try and work together to make the wrestling community a better place, and I think that that would be one good step uh, to take in the right direction here. Um, you know, um, so yes, uh, just a brief editorial on uh, the wrestling community on Twitter. And then uh, just a, a final closing note here. Album of the week here. I decided to go with a local Austin band, uh, one called Spoon, and their critically acclaimed album, Ga 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 Ga. Uh, that is album of the week. Uh, it's got a lot of great hits. It's uh, it's very much an, an indie rock album. Uh, lots of swagger to it. Um, you know, a little bit of noise rock here and there, but some beautifully crafted pop tunes as well. So, uh, for, for anybody out there who wants to put on some good music, Spoons, Ga 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 Ga, uh, can't recommend it enough. Wonderful album. So that is album of the week. Uh, but a special thank you to our guests. Um, and, and I'll let you guys, you know, say your piece and, and, and plug, uh, plug your ish. Uh, so, uh, we'll start with Mags. Uh, you know, thank you obviously for coming on the show. Where can they? Uh, where can the people find you? <laughs> Absolutely, my pleasure. We're honored to be invited, and I, I always love talking to you guys, especially our little squad that we've got together. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on three count them th- three podcasts. Josh. Fifteen, fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> my. My main podcast is While We Watch. Uh, it's it's the baby that started me in podcasting. It's where I talk to content creators and fans of wrestling, uh, find out their story, their history of, of this wacky world of uh, farting in, in tarts. Um, I also have a podcast where we review UFC events and uh, basically UFC uh, news, and that's called Five Rounds. I do that show with my son. And then uh, I have another podcast, uh, one of the most fun podcasts on the 
the face of the earth with uh, my podcast wife, Mr. Paul Talley. It's called Badlands, and we uh, discuss the Mount Rushmore's of wrestling. We take a different topic every week, and we uh, get a guest on, and we uh, just thrash out a Mount Rushmore. So, yeah, you can find that on the Chairshot Radio Network. The other two are on the Visionaries Wrestling Network. So, yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at DJ Kirby. So, yeah, come check me out. Come and give me grief like everybody else does. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mags, you're quite the busy man with your content creation. So uh, thank you uh, sincerely for coming on the show. Um, uh, Josh, uh, where can the people find you? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Robinson double zero. I'm always doing something. I feel like is that's kind of my shtick lately is I'm just yeah. always doing something. Yeah, you have um, quite a lot of shows too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Hey, I have one less than you, so just calm, calm your farm over there. Do you Mr. do you also do YouTube videos where you uh, play video games? So that counts as something. So you technically do the same, and you were also <sighs> part of uh, Dits versus Josh for a time. So really, you had four. So don't come at me. Listen, did anybody oh, oh. actually ask Max? Is that that's the real <laughs> question here? Is like, did anybody did did Tana call your name? I don't know. Last time I checked, your name wasn't Josh, but that's I guess for another argument, isn't it? Now, um, well, he is right. I do have stuff on YouTube as well, whether it's Josh plays or something. I did have a six and a half hour video the other day, so just, I mean, I am actually an insane person, but. Um, of course, the Josh Robinson show every single Tuesday. I have a big episode this week with Alicia A, if you want to call her by her cool, yes. cool hip name. I do have a, an interview with her, which is something that I don't do very often is interviews. Big Mania to Mania this week on Wrestling Reverb live on Twitch um, this Friday. So um, we're going to be doing some stuff with the Tag Team Championships. If you want to come check us out, just head to my Twitter and you'll find out all the info that you need to find out. Um, but yeah. Come at me on Twitter. I don't give a shit. I'm I'm a goofball. <laughs> Ask Mags. We we're always arguing on Twitter with the utmost of love. I think. Um, but but uh, I have an answer I for everything. Like, I, I want to give you props for that Alicia a two interview. That is that is brilliant. Well played again. That. I'm so excited to do it. Like, honest to God, I'm I'm just really, really excited just to um. We're gonna chat about wrestling. We're gonna chat about music. It's it's mm-hmm. gonna be a fun chat. Yeah, brilliant. And of course, uh, uh, Kevin, your partner in crime, also on Wrestling Reverb. Kevin, where can the people find you and 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 get more of your content, sir? They can find me in hell. Oh, um, good you- fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast took a dark ending here. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm all about that. You can go on to Twitter.com. You can find me uh, any number of places. You can find me my uh, my. My journalistic exploits at uh, TL Kevin Carroll. You can find my wrestling Twitter at Kevin C Wrestling, and you can find me at at the at Daily Chinlock, where I'm hosting a great little site of some really talented writers, uh, putting out some great content, you know, day after day, week after week. And uh, you can also find my blogs, my separate blog at the not at but uh, thelastbloggerstanding.wordpress.com. You'll find all my stuff there. I'm, get, I'm making a concerted effort in the year 2020 to push more content out. Uh, it starts with the, the 10 questions interviews I've been doing. I've got a lot more of those coming down the pike and just some more original writing too. Very cool, man. Very cool. Uh, well, uh, uh, 
I don't know how you, the listener, have found this show, uh, Headlock Talk, but if you haven't yet done so, please hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts, be it iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever. Uh, we would certainly, uh, Podbean, of course, that's another big one, we would certainly love to uh, and very much appreciate your subscription uh, to this uh, fine show where you can listen to uh, such great content creators as, as Mags and Kevin and Josh, uh, amongst many others. Um, you know, uh, if you would like to support Headlock Talk, the best way to do so is by uh, not only subscribing, but also leaving a rating and review wherever you listen to those podcasts. That's, that's the best way to get our name out there. You can follow Headlock Talk on Twitter at Headlock Talk. If you are a business and you would like to see me, I don't know, model your underwear or sleep on your bed or, or read a book, I'll be glad to do so. I, I'm in great shape, by the way. So, I mean, that, you know, don't, uh, don't. Don't uh, uh, shy away from sending me some of your specialized underwear. Um, so, <laughs> uh, with that being said, um, yeah, uh, you know, tune into Headlock Talk every Sunday, Monday, whenever you can. Um, I think I covered everything here. This is usually when I would pass it over to Steven. Steven would be like, yeah, you missed something, or no, you didn't miss anything. But I think I nailed it this time. Uh, but, anyways, y'all, thank you once again to our guests. Uh, Kevin Carroll and uh, Josh Robinson from Wrestling Reverb, as well as Mags from uh, Badlands Podcast for coming on and filling in uh, for this episode today. It was wonderful to chat with you guys, as always. And uh, yeah, very excited about this episode. Uh, So uh, you guys take care out there. And uh, thank you again for listening. Good night. Whether you're kicking it in the sticks or kicking it at home, lounge in upholstery with a contemporary feel designed for relaxed living with the Brantley Gilbert Collection at Morris Home. Enter online at morrisathome.com win for your chance to win a guitar personally autographed by Brantley Gilbert or one of many Morris Home gift cards to upgrade your home today. That's morrisathome.com win for your chance to win from Morris Home. Zenni's Blocks lenses help to protect the eyes by keeping harmful blue light out. Because they're virtually clear, add blocks to any Zenni frame for stylish, all-day protection. Get a complete pair of prescription or non-prescription blocks glasses starting at just $24. Protect your eyes now at zenni.com.